So we're going to learn tonight, this week is Parshas Emoir. We learned already all the Memorim, all the Memorim of Emoir in Lakuti Torah, Baruch Hashem. So we have to be innovative and find other things to learn. Baruch Tonight's shear is called The Prince and the Guest at the Palace. At the royal table. What kind of title is that? What's a prince and a guest at the royal title? So that's actually a story in the Zohar, in this week's parsha, Parsha's Emmer. So the mimer that I'm going to learn is, the, is a mimer in the Alter Rebbe Siddur. There's a few main svarim. There's Lakuti Torah and Torah Or, and that's the Parshias. And then there is a whole selection of memorim called Seif Mamari Admar And then there was another selection that was made by the Mittler Rebbe, in which he inserted his versions of his writings of his father's memorim, which generally have a certain element of rechavis hanor, of the bina element. The Mittler Rebbe was, everything was very, very, very broad, and everything was very breit. And uh, so the Mimer, the Mittler Rebbe, is, he, he compiled a bunch of Hasidic discourses on the Siddur, on the order of davening, and in there, being that in the Siddur of the Alter Rebbe, there is uh, the element relating to the Yom Toivim, the various different holidays. So there is a Shar, Shar Hamatzis, which in which he has Memorim about Pesach, Shar Purim, Memorim of Purim, the Shar Hashavuos. Actually, it starts off with, it starts from Rosh Hashanah time. It starts off with, first there is Shar, there's a, there's a Maimarim on Rosh Chodesh. Then there is Shar Elul. Then there's Shar Rosh Hashanah. And then there's Tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah, Shar Atkiyos. And then there is on Yom Kippur, I think. A Maimar on Yom Kippur. Yeah, Shar Yom Kippurim. Then there's Shar HaSukkos. Shar HaLulav. And again, Shar HaSukkos, twice. And then Shar HaChanukah, Shar HaPurim, Shar Chag HaMatzos, and there's on the Seder of the Agadah. And then you have a Maimer on Lag Bohemer, Shar Lag Bohemer. And then you have Shar Chag HaShavuos. So you have all the Yom Tevim. They just recently reprinted the Seder in a beautiful format. This one, Seder Tfilos Mekal Hashana, with Dach, and uh, it makes learning the Maimarim of the Siddur. Generally, the Maimarim of the Siddur is a little more complicated to learn. Um, maybe just because the way it was always written and Rashi letters, and you know, it was hard to concentrate. Now they just spread it out in such a beautiful way. So what I want to do today is I want to learn one of the Maimarim in the Siddur, which we've done in the past quite a few Maimarim of the Siddur already. And initially I was thinking to do the one on Lag Boimer, but I didn't choose that one. Instead, one that's really related to this week's Parsha, Parsha's Emor. Being that Parsha's Emor is the Parsha of the Moyadim. It's the Parsha of Yomim Toivim. It's where it introduces all the holidays. So in the Siddur, there is a Shar, a portal, where he's talking, discussing in general the idea of Yomim Toivim. And this mimer 
this pretty long tamaimer, and then it has an explanation and another explanation. It's based on a passage of the Zohar where the Altareb, it's almost like a Bior Hazoyhar Maimer. Like we've been learning, it's the same writer, the Mittler Rebbe, Biure Hazoyhar Maimer, we just learned the last two weeks, we were learning a Maimer on Parshas, on Parshas Tazriya Metzairah, all about a Nega. And now again, we're going to learn another Maimer, this one on Parshas Emmer, this one dealing about Yom Tif. It has certain similarities because over there we discussed that Nagayim come from an overpowering left side that is dominating over the right side. There's a, an intensity in Bina and a lacking in Chachmav. Anybody that wants to look at that discourse. It was called the, the Bedulach, the Du of Bedulach. So now, when it comes to the holidays, again, there's going to, the Mimer is going to discuss, the Zohar discusses the difference between the dynamics, the spiritual dynamics of Shabbos, and the spiritual dynamics of Yom Tif, how they're very different than each other in their energy and so on and so forth. And we know that the Chilik is that Shabbos is Meir, the Moichen of Abba, of Chachma, and Yom Tif is primarily the Moichen of Bina. And that's what he's going to discuss in the Maimer. Um, we learned the subject already quite a few times in Maimarim, the Dimti Shabbos and Yom Tif, famous Maimer and Pasha's Tzav, where it discusses the difference between Moichen the Abba, Moichen the Ema, Moichen, when we have the Moichen from the Father, from Chachma, or Moichen from Bina. Um, yeah, so I didn't learn the whole Maimer yet. I'm definitely not going to teach the whole thing. It's long. Um, hopefully we'll do, we'll do the first half this week and the second half next week. Being that I didn't learn a complete thing, obviously I don't have yet the neshama of the mimer, the soul of the mimer is not shining by me yet. And I'm still confused on a few things. I hope that just learning it together with everybody that's joining, that itself will bring clarity. Because what's a mimer? A mimer is a divine transmission. It's given over through holy words, godly words. So even if we just hear these these words, we allow these words to go through our brain, that's already a purification. It purifies your brain completely. All the junk gets cleansed, cleansed and only good, holy, godly words come in. That's just, even if you just hear the holy words. Words from Gan Eden and words from beyond Gan Eden. But, uh, but in addition, it's, it's, it's a godly revelation. The Altareb is conveying, he's bringing down godliness to the world. He's the beginning already of the teachings of Mashiach in which divinity will flow through Melech HaMashiach. Melech HaMashiach is the continuation of the teachings of Hasidus. So what happens when you learn a Maimer is it's not just that you're learning the words, or even if you're understanding the concepts, it's that the, the revelation, the connection should happen, that you should suddenly feel and experience divinity in your soul. So that is always related to the public. In today's days that we can't have physical joining at the teaching of the discourse, so even if you're not here physically to join, but still the connections are being made through the various uh, online connections. And for you have to say that this is what the Ebrister wants right now, so the connections are very real. So thank you for joining. Let's learn and let's hope that the, that the Ebrister will reveal himself in this Mimer as it has happened all the other times, which we merited to always have that, that godly revelation as we learn. Okay, so let me read to you first the passage of the Zohar, which is going to be sound pretty cryptic, 
And then the Alter Rebbe's explanation, which we're not going to really learn. See, in the beginning, he just lays down, at the be- what we're basically what we're going to be learning today, he lays down the fundamental ideas. He doesn't tie it together that much. He lays down the fundamental ideas, and he doesn't yet explain the wording of the Zohar. So really, in truth, we could have, we really wait to read the Zohar till next week's class. But being that it's going to be Lag Bomer this week, so we're going to read the Zohar, Rabshim Bayochai, as an introduction. And in addition, of course, he makes reference to what he's saying. So we do, we're going to read, and it's okay if we don't understand everything. I don't understand it all, and I don't think it's possible to understand it all before we learn the whole Mimer. And we'll see as we learn. Okay. So the Zohar begins as follows. Tochazi, come and see. This is in Daftzad. Now, for those who are following, I, I think on YouTube and on Facebook, there should be copies of the text. So you can follow along inside. I did not make copies of the text of the Zohar. So the portion that I'm reading right now, you don't have in front of you. I did make, however, the copies of the Mimer itself, of the discourse itself. So it says like this, Tochazi, come and see. Beshaita the Yisrael letato chadon bahanam At the time when the Jewish people below, down here in the physical world, rejoice during Yom Tif. And they praise God. On Yom Tif, we're praising Hashem. It reminds me of um, Belgium. What do Jews do? We go to shul and we sing and we praise God and we praise, we sing Zemiris by the meal and we sing and we're singing the Gunim and we're bringing and we're Yom Tev. It's not just a time for physical pleasure. It's a time that we have a higher spiritual connection. So this year when everybody was in isolation, so people were davening, there was no shul. So the places that had Jews a little bit more concentrated, a lot of, in Eretz Yisrael, they didn't, we didn't do it here in Los Angeles, at least not on my block, maybe some people did it. But in other places, people went out on the porches and they davened, you know, with, uh, with social distancing. But people were on their own porches at their home. And in some places, the porches were close enough together that you can even appoint a chazan and the person can lead them in davening. So I guess in this, uh, in this town in Belgium, it was, they had this group, and not stama group, but people who liked singing, and, <laughs> and not only who liked singing, but who knew how to sing. So they have a someone, a, a Gentile, who recorded it. And she said, what I'm going to, and this was a woman, uh, <laughs> generally, you know, not all the European uh, um, um, uh, Gentiles are so fond of their Jewish neighbors. Uh, I guess there are uh, some exceptions. This woman had something beautiful to say. She said, what I am going to miss after the quarantine is over is this singing. And she put on her Facebook a recording of what was going on on Pesach, of the Hasidim singing halal. And it was just magnificent. You have the Chazan singing, and then you have everybody chiming in. And it just sounded really beautiful. So if it sounds beautiful down here to our ears, it sounds, it's amplified and sounds so much more beautiful as it rises up to God. So it says at the time when the Jewish people down here rejoice on Yom Tif, when they praise the Abish there, and they set their tables. Yes, it includes setting your table beautiful for Yom Tov. And they put on beautiful clothing. They wear 
more expensive clothing on Yom Tov, because as we know, you're not supposed to wear the same weekday clothing. You're supposed to have special Shabbos and Yom Tov clothing, garments. Now, this happens during a weekday. The whole, the whole discussion of this mimer is going to be on the idea, how do we take a weekday and we suddenly turn it into Yom Tov? It turns into a holy day. It's a regular Shavuos. Shavuos is going to come out on Friday this year, Thursday night. So a Friday, which is not a holy day, it's Erev Shabbos, is going to be Yom Tov. And so, okay, it's going to be one day, it's going to be Shabbos, the second day, but the first is going to be Friday. So a weekday becomes Yom Tov. So Mela Shabbos, the angels are accustomed Shabbos that uh, we're celebrating with different, but suddenly Yom Tif. So every time it happens, I guess it's it, maybe they're new angels that were just born, so they weren't around the block and remembered from last year. So they wonder and they say, Malachi Yeloi Omrim, the supernal angels say, Mativa the Yisrael what are the Jews doing? Why, why suddenly on a, on a Wednesday are they all so excited? So God answers them and God says, Ushpizi Islan they have a special guest. We used to the word Ushpizin which is an Aramaic word we're used to it from Sukkot. On Sukkot we always know we have the Yishpizin. Who are the Yishpizin? Are the guests. Now we're referring to generally when we say mostly the Yishpizin. We're talking about the spiritual guests that come to our Sukkah and the four, these are the great Sadiqim that join us. Avram of the Zohar discusses that everyday Sukkot another one of the Sadiqim come accompanied by all the others. Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, so on. But the word Yishpizin really means a guest. So the Zohar actually talks about how we're supposed to have uh, physical guests as well, poor people, to invite people that are, for whatever reason, you know, can't make their own Yom Tev meals. We should invite these people for our Yom Tev meals. These are the physical guests. And in addition to that, you have the spiritual guests. But the Zohar says that God answers to the angels, to the Malachim, and He says, today's a special day. There's a great guest coming. There is a supernal guest that, they, that there is on this day. Amru v'lavdilachu. So the Malachim say, but this guest is coming to you. It's your guest. Why are they, you know, when a special guest comes, you, you dress special or you set the table and you're excited. You make special preparations because the guest is coming. But the guest is coming to you. It's not coming to them. And the guest is somehow a guest invited by that place that's called holy. And whole, what does holy mean? Removed. Removed from the world. Removed from all levels. And definitely removed from the angels. This is very high up. And they're down there. What do they have to do with this? Arm the lines. Hashem answers them. Are the Jews not holy? They also belong to this supernal holiness where the guest is invited to. So they're also the Ikran Kaidish. Hashem says two things. Aren't they holy? And, aren't, and they're called holy. It is worthy for them to invite my guest. So it doesn't only say that it's worthy for them or befitting for them to participate in the guest. It says it is worthy for them to invite the guest. So that's already something new that we don't have it. The angels didn't ask about inviting the guest. They said, Bakhlaw, what are they exciting about the you know, why do they dress up because the guest is coming? Okay, so we'll have to see about this. Chad Now the reason why they are holy and they're worthy to, to connect to this guest or to invite this guest, number one from my end, the in and they can be because they cleave to me. 
So they're attached to me. So my guest, I guess, is their guest as well. And also because of the element of holiness. Which, what does it mean? A secondary thing. How is that second? That's also God. Holy is who's holy? God is holy. So we have to understand what this means. One is from my end and one is from the side of holiness. The chsiv, in other words, Jews are, and Jews are both attached to me and they're attached to holy. As it says, Kodesh Yisrael Hashem, that the Jewish people are Kodesh to God. So you see, they're connected to the level of Kodesh. For Hoyel the Yisrael Ikrin Kodesh, since the Jewish people are called holy. So this guest who is invited into the Kodesh, we'll soon see who this guest is. This guest who's invited into the holy is also their guest. And therefore they participate. Because this guest is being invited from Kodesh, which is where they are connected to. The invitation, they're being called, these guests, are being called, they were invited by Kodesh. Kodesh invited them. And since the Jewish people are attached both to me and to Kodesh, so therefore, they can participate in this party that is being made for the special guest. So the Malachim hear this and they all say, Fortunate is the people that so is to him. That, that is awesome. And they're impressed with the Jewish people that we can participate in Yom Tov. This itself is awesome already. It's so good that we can have something that the angels are envious of. We go to the party. They're not invited to the party. We go to the party where the special guest is coming. So who are the special guests? Now the Zohar continues. There are three that are invited from Kodesh. Kodesh is the inviter, the one who is inviting, the host. Kodesh is the host. And Kodesh is inviting. So the Zohar says, there are three who are invited to Kodesh. And who are they? And no more. Only three get invited. Who are they? Chaga Matzos. The Yomtev of Matzos is one. One member of that invitation. Chaga Shavuos is the second invitee. I don't know if there's such a thing. Uh, if we say invitee. Uh, the, is the Yomtev of Shavuos. That's another one who is invited to Kodesh. The Chaga Sukkot and Chaga Sukkot. They are all Mikra'e Kodesh. They are called by Kodesh. Kodesh invites them in. These three guests. Chag HaMatzos, Pesach, Chag HaShavuos, Shavuos, Chag HaSukas. Rababa. So Rababa says, you're so determined to say that only these three and no one else. V'chi Shabbos lav me'kodesh i'uzamen. Shabbos is not invited by Kodesh. Every Shabbos. The Yom Tivs are special, they're invited. But Shabbos is not also invited? Amar so he answered him. Who's the one who said this? I think this is all Reb Shimon. I think this is all Reb Shimon speaking. If you try, because I, I began this over in the middle over here. Let me go back over here. Who's the one? Who's the Baal HaMimer over here? Give me a minute till we find the name back here. 
Reb Shimon Omer, yeah. So it's Reb Shimon, oh, so perfect. This is perfect for pre-Lagba Omer. It's Reb Shimon saying this, this whole thing, who's invited from Kodesh. These people are invited, or these entities are invited. So when he asks him, Rabbi Abba says, Shabbos is also invited. Shabbos is not invited. Betray Sitra for two reasons. On two ends. Chad, one, the Ivadai Kodesh Ikran. Shabbos itself is called Kodesh. So it doesn't have to be invited into holiness. It is holy in it of itself. It says you should observe the Shabbos. Ki Kodesh Hilachem. She is holy. The day itself is holy. Versus Yontiv, which is also a holy day, but Yontiv, holiness is added to a day that's essentially not holy. It's a weekday in which it's invited into the world of holiness. It's mundane, but holiness, it's in, it's infu- let's call it, it's injected with holiness. It's infused with holiness. But inherently it's not holy because it's a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Sunday, a Monday, a Friday, whatever day of the week it is. Six days of the week in which Yom Tiv is. Unless it falls out on Shabbos. But the Yom Tiv itself is a weekday day which is infused with holiness. But Shabbos, she herself is holy so she doesn't have to be invited by holy. That's one reason. Another reason is because Shabbos is not a guest. Not a guest. Why? It's her in, it's his in, in inheritance. It's his inheritance. Although he has a right to come into holy. He's got the keys. He doesn't need, Shabbos does not need to come as a guest. Yerusa de Kodesh, who Yaris. He inherits the inheritance of holiness. Velav Zeminu, and therefore he's not a guest. So number one, he himself is holy. Number two, he's not a guest of holy. So we have to understand what, that, what are these two things. If he himself is holy, so why do you have to say any inheritance? He doesn't inherit it. He himself is holy. An inheritor is still someone else who inherits. Who inherits. A child inherits the father. But here, we're saying, if he himself is the father, then he's not an inheritor. So we have to understand what Rav Shimon means. Rav Shimon is saying two things. Number one, he is holy. Number two, he has it as an inheritance. Valdar kills min and bekoidesh, and for that, and, and because of this, all of them are invited in holiness. Umiskashrin b'shabbos, and they attach to Shabbos. That means that the other holy days, because they're guests, they attach themselves to Shabbos. Umisatnin bay, and they crown themselves with Shabbos. You know, they need some protectia, so to speak, from Shabbos. Shabbos gives them the connection. With this seventh day, which is Shabbos, they crown themselves. And that's why Shabbos is not a guest, is not invited. And it gives an example, and, and Rabbi Shimon Bayachai gives a, a metaphor. He says, Libra, this is compared to the, to the prince, we said in the beginning of the title, the prince and the guest at the royal table, right? So Libra, so this is compared to a prince, the all the who goes to his father and mother's house, and he's at home. He's not He opens up the refrigerator on his own. He opens up the oven and helps himself, whatever, to a piece of kugel without needing to be served because this is his parents' home. Whenever he wants. Now that's that's compared to a son, and that's Shabbos. 
Shabbos is at a home in holiness. And now the Zohar continues and more begins to elaborate on the metaphor. Compared to a king that has a one and only child. Chaviva the nafshe in which he's precious, he loves him. The love of his life. He gives for his prince, for the crown prince, he gives him friends <coughs> to protect him. He gives him security guards, you know, to, 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 to watch over him. That he should attach himself with them and they should protect him and guard him and, and the like. The king says, It would be nice to one time invite this, uh, this uh, security staff who always accompany my son and watch over him that they too should be able to you know, come in the, for a royal feast, come in for a party. So he invites them to the table. Debris of my son. And I can show them, what does he say? To show honor and, 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 my, and, my, uh, and my affection to them. I guess because they help my son out, because he loves his son. All those who are, you know, uh, assistants to his son, to the prince, he wants to show them also appreciation. So therefore he invites them to the table. So he invited these shushvinen. Now the son doesn't need the invitation. Now they need to be sent an invitation, you're invited to the palace. The son, I didn't get an invite. He doesn't need an invite. He's coming automatically. And the son is able to go in to eat, to drink in the in the in the, in, in, in his father's palace, Bishata de Iyoboya, whenever he wants. Someone who's beautified with holiness and not invited through holiness. So it seems like who is like you, Hashem, the level Hashem over here is the level of, we'll soon see about that, is the level of Shabbos. And that level is invited into a level higher than Yud Kevav, okay, as we're soon going to see. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be invited. It's Nedar Bakoidesh. He's beautified with holiness, not invited from holiness, like the other days, which is the weekdays, when they fall out on Yom Tiv, which now they are invited to participate in a, in a royal feast. And that's why they're called Mikro'e Kodesh. They were invited by Kodesh. So now let's continue a little further. And uh, he tells you, because he tells you to learn over here, till the, till the words over here. And then we'll see if we can, you know, put together heads and tails of what's going on over here. Six days you should do work. What's the idea of these six days? Rabbi Yossi says, Six days God made heaven and earth. Famous passage of the Zohar that Hasidus always brings. It doesn't say in six days God created. Which means, why? 
Because the six days themselves is the energy that's infused in creation. The Zohar over here is developing the idea, we're going to soon see in a moment, why they're called weekdays. In other words, why do we have to, what's, what does it mean these, 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 these six days that need to now be elevated? Well, six days, what are the six days? He's explaining that six days are not just days. Six days are also divine powers. Because it says, it's not just time. It, when it says, when we're talking about days, we're not just speaking about creation. We're talking about a, a godly feature. It's the source of the six days. Where do we see that? Because it says six days, uh, God created heaven and earth. It should have said in six days, in the duration of six days, He created heaven and earth. What does it mean six days He created? So it's explained to Hasidus that the six days themselves are the energy of creation. They manifest in creation. So he says, Every one of these days, does its work. The Ikrin, and they're called days of work, work days. That means these are energies of the divine that materialize into the creation, and that's why they're called work days. Rabbi Yitzchak says, Why is it called six days of the weekdays if they're so holy, if these are godly energies? Because the world is now being, being directed through a shliach, through an emissary. In other words, it's not being that the world as it is during the weekdays, the world as it is not on Shabbos and Yom Tiv, or maybe today's days, meaning not in Mashiach's times. But as the world is today, it, the world is created to be in a state of separateness. So therefore, these divine energies that are the power of creation somehow are assimilated or they descend into the separateness. And because of that, there is a lacking of the divine in them, and that's why they're called mundane. They're not called holy. They lose their holy status. I mean, all this we're going to later discuss what this means. They're not called holy when they are vested within the creation, within the world, to become like the, 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 the source, the power of nature. And that's the Chiddush, that these days on Yom Tev, these days are elevated into a dosage of holiness, into a connection to the Orin Sof, as we're going to see soon. Reb Omer, Reb says, begin to but now again, I'm telling you right now, the way I'm reading it now, don't take this as the final Pirush, because I didn't even read the Alter Rebbe's Pirush in this. I'm just reading it, and uh, as it's based on the beginning of the Maimah that I learned, giving some speculation of what this is all leading to. Again, he's explaining why they're called weekday. Because we're allowed to do work. Earlier, Rabbi Yossi says, is because the world is now being conducted, meaning even the power of nature itself, unrelated to us, it's being conducted through a shliach. A shliach meaning it's an agent already, not... Rabbi says, because we're allowed to do work. And because we're allowed to do work, the fact that we're allowed to do work, implying as if we create something, we do something, and that's kosher. We're told to do that. But the fact that we're able to pretend as if we have power and so on and so forth, that means that God is not visible. In front of God, you can't do any work. It's only God. Number one, that we don't do anything. We don't lift a finger to make a, a cent. It's all God directly giving it to us. It's all make-believe that we're doing. But the fact that we are told to do work and to pretend, so we're living in this pretentious 
state, that means that the Ebershter is concealed and hidden, and that's why we can come and fill, you know, that's why it's called Choyl, weekday. And that which isn't, which isn't holy, and because it isn't holy, it's called weekday. It's called, it's called mundane. And that's why the Chavraya instituted, when you make Havdalah, you should say, because what's not Kodesh is Chol. Kodesh is a word unto itself. That's where the Alter Rebbe tells you in the beginning over here to learn until this statement. The Zohar goes on, but this is where he tells you to stop. Okay. Now that we have a little bit of a synopsis of the passage of the Zohar, let's read inside. The time when the Jewish people below praise God. And there it continues over there, the whole story, how the Malachim are wondering what we're doing. And the Ebershter says, we have, a, we have a connection to this guest that's coming because we're coming from the place called Kodesh, until the end of the Mimer on the second side. That Kodesh is a word unto its own. So at first we need to understand in our first we understand the general idea of the Mimer and of the Zohar, and then we're going to understand the details of it. This that Yamtiv is called a guest. And Shabbos is compared to a son, to the prince. And Yamtiv is called a guest. And then we're going to understand the specifics. All the details that are discussed in this Mimer of the Zohar. We know that the holiness of Shabbos, what's the, all the different days and different features that we are in Judaism. And we have Shabbos, and then we have the next, tomorrow is tonight. Oh, by the way, tonight is a powerful night. It's Pesach Sheni, related to the idea of Yom Tif already, right? So, um, and that, in a sense, Pesach Sheni illustrates this idea even more. Because Pesach Sheni is not even Pesach. And yet we make it into Pesach. So this idea of taking a mundane day, and it, didn't, and it wasn't like the other days were set initially by God. But this is a day that didn't have any specialty. The Jewish people demanded that God give us another day. And Hashem opened up Pesach Sheni. So I think it fits very well with what we're learning over here. Even though he's not explicitly discussing Pesach Sheni. But in any case... So tonight is Pesach, next week Lag Bomer, and then the, every day is a different energy in the world. It means it's a different spiritual quality, a different godly, a different aspect of, of, of Hashem, multifaceted, even though God is one, but He expresses Himself in all the various different spherotes and attributes and levels and so on and so forth. And when you have a special day, it means another facet, another angle of God is being shown. So Shabbos is different than Yom Tif. You can see it from the Halacha. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to do any work. You're not allowed to cook. You're not allowed to carry. On Yom Tif, you're allowed to carry. Right? And you're allowed to cook. And the punishments for violating Shabbos and Yom Tif is different. Shabbos is a much severe punishment than Yom Tif. So you see that the, the whole, that, means that, the, that means that the holiness is a different holiness. That's why the desecration of the holiness Warrants, warrants a different response. So, so what is the holiness of Shabbos? The holiness of Shabbos is that there is a presence, a revealed presence 
of the, of the first of the ten attributes, Svira Sachachma, is manifest and present in our physical universe on Shabbos. And that's why when we are in the presence of Chachma, it's revealed and projected and, and, and uh, what you call it, uh, disseminated into, the, into time and space. The holiness of Chachma, which Chachma is, carries within it the presence of God, because where God, where God dwells, the only keli Hashem we learn in Tanya is Chachma. That's the first keli, the first receptacle. So where Chachma is, God is. So that's why Shabbos Hashem is very present, much more than He is during the week. The holiness of Shabbos. That's why we can't lift a finger and do something for ourselves on Shabbos. No malacha. It's only Hashem. That's the godliness of Shabbos. Moichen da'avah. The moichen and Shabbos, as we learned last week, a long, long explanation that, that I'm sorry, that Chachma is called Abba, is called Father. And Yomtev is a different energy. Yomtev is also a, God, a divine revelation. But from a lower attribute, the second sphere, not the first sphere. Not sphere Sachachma that opens up, reveals itself on, on, that on Shabbos, but a lower sphere, the sphere of Bina, which is called a mother. In general, that's the difference in general. Obviously, everyday yomtiv is a different quality, so it's all different, nuanced. Like Shavuos, we know 50 gates, 50th, 50th gate of Bina, right? Every yomtiv has a different quality. And the order of the yomtiv, and the tefillahs of the yomtiv, and the mitzvahs of the yomtiv, it's all constant, there's all different uh, aspects of the divine that are appearing and unfolding before, our, before us and into, our, into the world and into our souls on, on Yom Tev. But in general, what, what is true about all the Yom Tevim is that there is a dominance of Bina in the world. It's for this reason Shabbos is called holy. As we refer to Shabbos, Shabbos Kodesh. You should observe Shabbos because it's Kodesh. Yom Tev Nikra Mikra Kodesh. Yom Tev is called... <coughs> A calling of Kaidish. It's not Kaidish. Yamtiv is a calling of Kaidish. Because Kodesh, Kia Kaidesh Bibchanas Chachma. Because Kaidesh, when we say something, holiness itself is Chachma. Chachma is holy, as we said earlier, because God Himself, the Oirin Saif, dwells in Chachma. And the Oirin Saif is Kaidesh, removed. Re- removed from what? Removed from any kind of limitation that can, that can define him. Hashem is not defined by any definitions or any descriptions. Simple with other simplicity, that's why he's removed, separated from everything. He dwells in, in Chachma. So Chachma is called Kodesh, separated. Bina doesn't have the same dwelling of the Urin Saif. And even if when it, when the Urin Saif dwells in Bina, it's via Chachma, through Chachma. Not directly into Bina. So obviously the earning safe is less in Bina. So Bina is not a level of Kodesh. But what then? Bina is called Mikra Kodesh, a calling of Kodesh. Because we know Chachma and Bina are two friends that are never separated. In order for Bina to work, it needs to have an Akudas HaChachma, a point of Chachma in it. What's Bina? Bina is the expansion. Taking a point and expanding on it. But there needs to be something to expand on. There needs to be a... Uh, 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 a nucleus, and around the nucleus you have the whole 
the protons and the electrons and everything turning around it. But you need to have an, an akuda, a point. Bina is called a heichal, a chamber. And there is the center point of the chamber. There's a point, and then you have the whole circle around it, the whole uh, build. So that's why Bina is called mikra kaidesh, a calling of kaidesh. Holiness is called into it. But Bina itself is not, that's what, what does Bina mean? Understanding. And understanding means grasping. Kaidesh you can't grasp. Kaidesh is elusive. Kaidesh is, as we said before, undefined. God as he is, still in his infinity. And that's why if you have an encounter with Kodesh, the we learned last week, it knocks your socks off. <laughs> it brings you to total bittle, nullification, no self, in the presence of, because you have no way to grasp it even, it just overwhelms you. Um, if, uh, in Bina, Bina means already understanding, grasping. So it must be that the Orient safe is much weaker there already. And that's why you, you, it, it, it's already, sh the Irene's life is kind of masquerading already. It's more camouflaged in something, and you can grasp. So obviously, if you're grasping, it's because you're more distant from the Irene's life itself. And that's why Yom Tev is less holy than Shabbos. Desecration of Yom Tev is not as great as the desecration of Shabbos. On the other hand, the fact that on Yom Tiv you can have a Bina experience means that it's closer to us. Shabbos is a more potent, more powerful holiness, but it's further than us, meaning it's, it's more beyond our kalim. We can surrender to it, but we can't take it in so much. And therefore Shabbos might not have such a big impact in terms of transforming us because we're not able to identify with its holiness and its godliness and to remake ourselves. Yomtev, we get a blast of godliness that we can actually internalize and internalize it and take it and as a result of that, you know, reformat ourselves, change ourselves. Every Yomtev is supposed to give us a blast of divine energy to be able to become a mensch, to be able to refine, like we do. Pesach liberates us and that sets us on a journey of 49 days of, of purification, of, of, of uh, character, character refinement. Shabbos doesn't do that for us. Uh, Yom Tev gives us that. And then each Yom Tev, Yeshua gives us the Torah. And then we have what to work with until Sukkot. Then Sukkot comes and gives us Simcha and joy and we can be happy all year and so on and so forth. Shabbos is a, is a, is a holiness that's a little bit uh, um, lofty. It's um, and a little bit more aloof than Yom Tev. And that's because Yom Tev is a more graspable light. Since it's the lights of Bina, which in Bina, godliness is already becoming more tangible, more defined. It's almost like Hashem is appearing more in an image to us on Yom Tev than He is. On Pesach, Hashem is like this incredible father that had mercy on His children, right? And picks us up. And then on Shavuos, Hashem is like our teacher. And on Sukkot, maybe again a father. In other words, you, you're having the Eibishter more in a certain definable state. As in Shabbos, there's a greater godly revelation because God is more truer to himself, less, less defined, but as a result of that, further from our Caleb. Okay, that's an important distinction to know. The Yom Tev and Yom Tev She'ena Elamikra Kaidish. Yom Tev is only a calling of Kaidish. Hainu. Now, why 
Is Yom Tev at all called Kodesh? If Yom Tev is Bina, and Bina is not Kodesh. Because again, Kodesh means what you can't grasp. And Bina means you are grasping, or else it's not Bina. So if, if, if Bina, if the holiness of Yom Tev is graspable, then it's not Kodesh. And the answer is, in Yom Tev itself, you have to always sense that what you're grasping is not it. In here, there is transcendence. And that's because the Chachma is in the Bina. In Yom Tif as well, there is Moichen the Abba, there is Moichen of Chachma, but it's Melubish Be'ema, it's enclosed in, in Bina. It's not coming to us directly, it's coming to us already packaged in Bina. Bibchinas Helem Bavad in a more Helem Digo way, in a more concealed way. Kibchinas Nehida Abba Bavad Meslabish Be'ema, because only the, the nether lower parts of Chachma. We spoke about this quite a lot last week. The Netzachoid Yesoid of Chachma is what is enclosing itself. We learned about this when we were learning about Matzah. The Netzachoid Yesoid of Chachma encloses itself in the Matzah of Pesach. But that's not in the Yom Tev of Pesach. That's in the Matzah of Pesach. It's Chalcides that discusses the difference. There is the Yom Tev of Pesach on its own, and then there is the Mitzvah of Pesach, which is part of the Mikra Kodesh, in which we're trying to get some of the Chachma energy. And what do we get? We get the Netzachoid Yesoid of Chachma that we can connect it into the Bina. And that's why it's Mikra Kodesh, Bovad, Mislabish Be'emas, enclosed in Ema, and even that, as he said, it's a little bit more of a Helen in a concealed state. And therefore, on Yom Tev, we don't respond with such bittel. Yom Tev leaves a little more room for our existence in the fact that you're allowed to cook for yourself. On Shabbos, if you didn't cook on Erev Shabbos, you don't have what to eat, you don't have what to eat. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> Why? Because you can't desecrate God's presence. God is there. What are you, who are you even to say you're hungry on Shabbos? I'm not saying Shabbos, you have a mitzvah of Oynik Shabbos, you can discuss about it, but Shabbos, there's, there's much less of your mitzvahs. On Yom Tev, you need some, you can carry, you can, they, 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 there's more room for you. Why? Because God is less present. Because it's not the revelation of Chachmah, it's the revelation of Bina. Which allows already more... Right. Okay. And the explanation of the matter is, Yovan will be understood So to understand this, let's analyze the main difference between Shabbos and Yom Tev, the mitzvah's By analyzing our mitzvah that we have on Shabbos and on Yom Tiv, how we conduct ourselves on Shabbos and Yom Tiv is going to give us a greater understanding into the dynamics of the godly, from God's side, what's happening between Shabbos and Yom Tiv. The main idea of Shabbos is resting. The mitzvah of Shabbos is resting. What do you do on Shabbos? What are you told to do on Shabbos? Rest. Rest. Which is the idea of pleasure. What are we mainly obligated in Shabbos? To rest. You do your work, you rest on Shabbos. And including in the rest, or together with the rest, or one with the rest, is pleasure. Because when you disconnect from your work, the general rule is when a person is very occupied and busy, they can't really experience true deep pleasure. Because the occupation is a distraction. Pleasure, as we're going to see in a few moments, is an experience which happens when a person goes, you know, returns back deep into an inward, to an inward state, to, to your inner being. The light happens 
in a very inner point of a person's soul. So when you're in a state of investment and expansion outward, then you're, di you're distancing yourself from pleasure. Pleasure is when you're going back deep inside yourself. So we can understand that when you're resting, that's what you're doing. Like you're, you're, you're untying your, 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 your responsibilities, your attachments to anything. Like you're disconnecting from whatever it is that you're getting entangled in and you're returning back into yourself. That's the idea of relaxing. And in that relaxation, you can, you can experience your deeper self. And when you go deep, deep enough inside of your being, that's when you find your, your pleasure. That's where the pleasure is. So pleasure is, that's why Shabbos is both a day of menucha and a day of oinek. It's a mitzvah to have oinek Shabbos. Now the mitzvah of oinek Shabbos is to find pleasure in whatever you can find pleasure. I have pleasure in food, pleasure in an app, pleasure in, right? Just enjoy the Shabbos. But really it's, the, it's, it's an inner soul pleasure, which you're connecting to a deep pleasure on Shabbos, and that's one with rest. Like it says, that the Shabbos you're supposed to call a pleasure. Call Shabbos a day of pleasure. And in this, I don't know what he means, but interesting, and in this, of pleasure, there is only pleasure. Like the delight of food, and the pleasure of the heart, in the resting, and the like. He brings over here actually in the bottom. That resting itself is the pleasure. And he gives you some sources over here. It's a chelik lamet aleph. Two sichas to look at. Maybe for next week's share, I'm gonna if I, have, if I remember uh, to look this up. I'm gonna try to look it up and look at the sichas chelik tezvav and chelik lamet aleph to have a better grasp on this idea how the menucha of Shabbos and the oinig of Shabbos are deeply intertwined and one with each other. One. Avol ein boy inyan simcha bizgalos klal. In Shabbos, there isn't the idea of simcha, the joy that is in the revealed way. Shabbos is a very inward experience where you're going deep and therefore it's taking place in a concealed place. Shabbos is, the delights of Shabbos are very concealed, very inward. Yomtiv is a more extroverted experience. That's why Yomtiv, we like to be with people. We want to be with family. We want to be with, with friends. People like going to hotels and socializing. It, it fits a little bit with the character of Yomtiv. Yomtiv is a, an explosive energy. Energy is going outward. It's like the experience of Bina. Things are coming into a state. We're going to soon see in a state of manifestation. Joy, Simcha. Simcha is an outward experience. Pleasure is a deep, private, inward experience. The ein mitzvah l'smayach. When people are joyous and they want and they want to be joyous, they'll make a party and all join together. Now, of course, they'll eat, you know, uh, a good piece of sushi and have pleasure at the party. I'm not talking about when 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 you want deep 
real pleasure, you do it yourself. Quietly, you're alone. Or maybe just with, you know, a very good friend, your spouse, alone, quiet, you're getting away, you're going into that more inner space of self. Well, you don't really want to de- disconnect from everybody. And you can go into, a, that's a, you know, that's what a vacation is. You, you, it's not vacation, it's just not working. It's recharging with pleasure. You, you, want to dis, you want to connect. And again, the real pleasure is not coming from the things you're seeing or the things you're eating or whatever. The real pleasure is just coming from the deeper pleasure of beingness. And that pleasure you find in when you, when you, when you, when you, when you bring your sense, your awareness into, in, deeper into yourself as opposed to interaction with others, which is outside, which is what you're doing when you want to be besimcha. As in Shabbos, he says, there's no mitzvah at all for simcha. I will be yomtiv, but on yomtiv, ikara mitzvah hua simcha. On yomtiv, the main mitzvah is the joy. Like it says, you should rejoice on your yomtiv. And there's no mitzvah of oineg yomtiv. There's a mitzvah of simchas yomtiv. Now the two obviously cross over. What do you do for Simchas Yantiv? The same thing you do for Simchas for Oynek Shabbos. Ain't Simcha Elobabasar Beyayin. The Simcha is in meat and in wine. And what do you do for Shabbos? Oynek Shabbos. You eat good, better foods. But still, here the mitzvah is the pleasure, and here the mitzvah is when you have pleasure from the food, you, it puts you in a really good mood, and you become happy. And obviously, the happiness should be from the fact that you are a Jew. And the food maybe can trigger it. You feel your, even your body feels good. And the lechayim that you drank, the fine wine, it sets you into a state of relaxation and happiness, and that allows for the spiritual joy of being a yid and being connected to like fill you. And then you want to meet with other people and fabring together and sing together, and that will create even more joy. And then you you don't control yourself, and the energy just becomes more and more intense, and you break out into a dance. And then once you can add music to it, you're bringing more people and more energy and more explosion. And the joy only gets powerful. And, and, and the more it draws you out of yourself to mingle with others and to experience it with others. And the difference between simcha and oineg, you do it is not. They are almost two opposites in their nature. Indian. Again, even though they're usually experienced in crossover, one with the other, but yet the essential uh, um, 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 substance of joy and the substance of of pleasure is 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 is, is our opposites. Um, oneg pleasure is a very modest Indian. Umachusa, it's hidden. It's essentially concealed. Like we see to the observing eye, when a person has having some kind of a delight in something, you won't see a change in their face. I mean, so how does he say it's wrecking? He says, you can tell. You can tell. So how can you tell if you don't tell that they're having some... That you're having oining. Maybe it means it's nicker venera that you can tell it by yourself. But you have to obviously be absorbed on yourself. You can't see what's happening on your face. So if you know that someone, let's say you gave someone a gift, 
and you know this is really what they wanted. And I know there will be the explosion of happiness. Oh, I'm so excited. I'll be telling people and so on and so forth. But it's that first moment that you give it to them. And they're just looking at it. So you know they're experiencing a very deep delight and sensation, but it's not expressed outward. It means they're not jumping up and down. They're just calm. It's like a deep moment of like, oh. And then later will come the simcha, but not yet. And it's not cheerable. I mean, they can cheer that they're very pleased, but the oineg itself is not, it's, it's taking place, the sensation is, is, is deep within the sensor, <laughs> the one that's being, that has that sense. Because it's hidden, it's, modest and hidden essentially it's not something that expands it to be revealed the nature of joy is the opposite simcha joy is like fire it, it, it jumps everywhere it expands it reveals itself to everybody I mean if you're with someone that's happy you will know that they're happy they will make a lot of noise they will bang on the table, they will sing, they will dance, they will make themselves be heard because the joy, the nature of joy is that it goes outward. It's not contained, it doesn't go to, into a deep place, it moves to the outside to a state of expression. So people that are happy are very bubbly, they're very expressive. It's not something that is modest and concealed. Like it can be seen to the eye. Anybody that is sameach besimcha, then they become very talkative. They can reveal to you, they can, because they were in such a good mood, they can reveal secrets. They can reveal their heart's thing. And when the joy, if the joy is very intense, they won't contain themselves at all and they'll be moving their limbs very much in a dance, in a song, jumping up and down, clapping. Right? But in the light, it's the opposite. There's no movement in the limbs. It's a silence. It's a deep silence of the light. It's not recognizable. You won't see any not only to the outer, completely that it'll speak and but even you won't even see in their own limbs a movement. There'll be just a silence. as it is not. And there is obviously there are people who can't be in a state of pleasure because the moment they're in a state of pleasure, they, 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 their pleasure makes them happy. And therefore they become very, very talkative immediately and they need to share and they right away take pictures. <laughs> it's like the idea of today's days, everybody taking pictures of every situation. So you're watching the most magnificent scenery. You come somewhere and immediately you're taking pictures of it. So it's in a sense, it's contradicting the whole experience. Allow the oinik. Allow yourself to go deep into the experience. Take it in. Be silent. No, but they have to share it immediately. They have to share it with the people that are holding that. That's already a tenu of simcha, not of oinik. And in a sense, it contradicts the oinik. It's not allowing you. A picture is good. It'll give you a memory of it later. But you never even, in a sense, it's a little silly because you're having a memory of an experience that you never experienced. I may imagine that. 
people with their children, the same thing. You have the cutest moments, the sweetest moments, and immediately they're filming it or they're picturing it because they want to have the memory. But you're having a memory of something you never experienced because at the time that you, it was happening, you didn't, you're not allowing yourself to take it in. So be there, take it in, take it in deeply, and then, and then, you know, you can... You can take out the camera and start sharing this with others. But and the reason for this is, now what's the reason why Oineg is so private, so inward, and Simcha is so outward? And that's because of their source. In which level of their soul are they sourced? Over there, which means in their source, they're also... Differentiated in in helam in concealment and revelation. Because they come from two different sources, which from there, from the chachma and the bina, comes the root of the oneg and the root of the joy. Because the oneg pleasure is rooted in chachma. Simcha and joy, and Simcha is rooted in Bina. That's the way it is. Oneg is in Chachma, and Simcha is in Bina. That's the way it is inside of us. And our Chachma is where pleasure is, the, the source of pleasure. That's the, the uh, where the experience of pleasure starts. And the experience of Bina is where joy begins. Eim abanim semecha. Bina is the source of simcha. Ki ha-chachma nekre Eden. Because chachma is called Eden. What's Eden? Eden is sensation. The delight, sorry. Eden means delight. And it says, V'nohar yoytze me-Eden. Nohar is already Bina. The river that goes out from chachma. But chachma is called Eden. That means it's, so it's the root of all pleasure. Ba'abina nikra nohar. And Bina is already called Nar, And the very idea that the Bina is Yoitse, goes out, means that the very idea of Bina is, is to express, to come out. Instead of things being in a quintessential potential, in, a, in, a, in an inward state, closer to the source, where, where the energy is, where the pleasure is, the energy wants to go out and, 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 and express itself. Since Bina is all about expression, the Simcha that comes from it has the same nature of outwardness. That's why Simcha propels the person out of himself. And Chachma, since it's, it's the root of pleasure, and Chachma is a very, is, is, is a very as we're going to see in a moment, uh, Chachma is an akuda dafka not expressing, dafka remaining con, 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 confined in, in its potential in its non-definitive state and that's why the pleasure is so inward right? so the pleasure that it creates the pleasure that comes from Chachma is also an experience of inwardness He's explaining a little better why Chachma, as we're saying, is, is, is inward and Bina's outward. 
Because Chachma is the source of all intellectual understandings or all comprehension. But, but the Chachma itself is still a, a state, is before it formulating itself into a certain formula that would make it graspable. It's still just the pure energy without form. That's why it's called the concealment of the seichel. And bina is called nikra giloya seichel, the opposite. Chachma is the helem, the seichel in a, in a concealed state. And bina is the seichel in, 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 a, in a defined state, in a revealed state. And every revelation needs a definition. It needs somewhat of a, right? And therefore told the children, which what, what comes from Chachma and Bina, which are called father and mother, what comes from them? They have children. The children, however, are not, are not developed in the father. They're connected to the father. He, he sparks it, but he's not involved with them anymore. He sparks it and then he's gone. Mother is the one who carries the children for nine months and produces them and feeds them, and develops them, and cleans them, and bathes them, and educates them. And that whole, that whole, that whole business with the children is mom. Right? Honor of Mother's Day, right? Mother is the one who is the, who is the caretaker of the children. Why? The children spiritually represent the midos. And midos, excitement, need to be excited when something is revealed. If something is concealed and hidden and it's unknown, they can't be excited. Once there is Bina, and there is a, an, a, a broad information reality that I can right, touch, feel, tap, absorb, <laughs> know through what, through I can explore it, so then I can get excited about it. I can love it, fear it, whatever, whatever the excitement is. Only from Bina. She's called the mother of the children. She's already in a state. Bina is a state of revelation. And every his galus, every revelation comes in a way of his pashtus, of expansion. So part of that expansion and the continuation of that expansion is that it expands not only in the mind, it expands into the heart as it becomes excited. Not only do I understand it in all angles and details, and then, but I'm also getting excited about it. Till the substance of Midas is also born. And Midas are even more revealed because intellect is something that is a state of revelation, but the state of revelation of the idea in the world of ideas. Excitement already caused this idea to begin to have an effect outside of the world of the ideas. Because if I'm excited about it, as an emotional excitement, so then I'm gonna, I feel I have to teach this idea, make this idea real in the world, do something, change things based on this idea. So excitement will lead to thought, speech, and action, which make it very concrete in the reveal, bring it into total revelation. Midas are more revelation than Bina is. But from Chachma, that's called concealed still. It's still too detached, too removed, that it should come from it. The birth of Midas. Chachma doesn't spread anything. 
Bina spreads outward. Midas, this midah, that midah, in all directions. And that's why joy, which is a product of Bina, is also has that same energy of outwardness. It comes into a state of revealing. Since the root of Simcha is the contemplation in Hasaga and grasping, as it is known, but pleasure is taking place in the inner recesses of the depth of the experience, at the inner point of energy before the energy takes on any form. And that's where the pleasure is. Because it's rooted in the Chachma, which is concealed, as we said earlier. That's why Chachma is called Eden, which Eden is pleasure, the core of pleasure. Which is the source of the, because we're dealing over here on a level of pleasure that's before the fact, before feeling the pleasure. It's a pleasure that's in its, it's the source of pleasure. And then later, this pleasure becomes a experience of pleasure that later you'll feel in the heart. Hamistaf believe it will be experienced in the heart. Now, there, as we're going in, just like in Bina, he went and he took the expansion of the Bina more out from the Bina into the Midas. Chachma, he says, is very private, very concealed, very inward, very un, non-elaborate and defined. Dafka in a state of, 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 of non, non, non-definition, non, and, 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 and therefore unknowable. And that's where the pleasure takes place. And now he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna trace the pleasure even deeper in the soul to an even more undefinable, to a, to a state of even higher non-beingness. Point of Chachma compared to Bina is that Chachma is ayin, it's non-beingness. Bina is already definition, definitive. Chachma is still non-being. And he's going to bring it even back to a deeper non-beingness. Because the real root of pleasure is not even Chachma, it's in Keser, crown. Which crown is not even a potential of an idea. We're dealing with the Oren Saif and its pure purity. There is a source to this source. There's a mucker for Eden. That's the lights of Keser that shine in Chachma, and that's really where the pleasure of pleasure really is. Which this attic, as he calls it, uh, the lights of Keser that are in Chachma, it's the lowest level of the Oren Soiv. The fact that we're even talking about Sphiros, Keser is because it's the it's the tail end of the Oren Kulam. It's the Shorish, the root to all the emanations. It is known that this is called Atik, which means the ancient one. And that's where the root of this elusive pleasure is. With you is the source of life. The source of life which means the source of all pleasure, v'daylamev. So Chachma is connected to this very private, undefined, unknown, un- where, where pleasure is. Shabbos, this pleasure opens up a little bit. Contradictory 
to the nature of the pleasure is to be elusive and very private, very inward. Shabbos, the worlds, or rather we'd say the worlds are elevated into this pleasure. Instead of saying that the pleasure reveals itself outward, but more that the worlds are elevated into this pleasure. That's why what do we do on Shabbos? We elevate, we go away from all the stuff that define us. I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that. Shabbos, you're not. You're, you're just beyond all definitions. Go back into your pre-existent state. Shabbos is when it's illuminating the light of Chachma. Shenikra Eden, which is called Eden. And that's why it says regarding Shabbos, Vikarasal Shabbos, Oineg. Shabbos, you should call to it an Oineg. And therefore, Eina mitzvah besimcha behiz galos. Shabbos, there is no mitzvah for joy in a revealed way. Elerak bepchines helem de Chachma. Shabbos doesn't call for any great revelations. Shabbos calls for silence. Helem de Chachma, the concealment of Chachma. The main mitzvah of Shabbos is not in what you're doing, it's what you're not doing. You're not working. And so much so that in Shabbos it says that you have to rest from finding your desires, meaning from doing things you want to do. We track. And even more, even to speak. Speak is revelation. Shabbos, you're saying silence, don't talk. Don't express yourself. It's the opposite of expression. Even speech is forbidden on Shabbos on some level. And we know what Chazal say, that Bekushi, it was difficult for the sages to permit us to even speak words of Torah on Shabbos. So what are you supposed to do? You can't speak words of Torah? I can't do anything? No, you're not supposed to do anything. You're supposed to be on Shabbos, not do. And not even talk. So the sages didn't have a problem with Torah on Shabbos. They had a problem with speaking Torah. Because speaking is opposite of Shabbos. Shabbos is not speaking. Shabbos is a withdrawal into into the energy pool before it expresses itself in the various different expressions of koches nefesh actions, activities. It's like you're going into the predefined you to meet life itself when it's still in its full intensity. You realize once something becomes defined, it becomes limited, then, then most of its energy, its real infinity is, is diminished. Go back into your infinite self. Touch the infinite core of your being. Shabbos is core. Go to your core. Go inward. So don't talk. Talking is a distraction. When she's barber, so if a mimer, like it says in the end of the mimer, being in Kodesh, the word Kodesh, Milo Bagarmayu is a word onto its own. But on Yom Tev, She'ikra Mitzvah, Behiz Galo Sasimcha. Yom Tev, the main mitzvah, is revelation of joy. It's a whole different godly energy that that it's a godly energy that drives revelation. It's so interesting. <laughs> Why is it interesting? Because this is, seems to go completely the opposite of what we were learning last week. Last week we were learning that from the energies of Bina, Bina evokes within you desire and passion to rise and run away from the world. To the point that you don't want to have anything to do with the material of the world and so on and so forth. You just want to melt into the Ein Sof. And Dafka, the experience of Chachma, in which you, you have an encounter with God Himself. What happens? There you can hear what God wants, and then that drives you to express yourself, to get back into the world. So, how are we going to reconcile? And here we're saying total opposite. Shabbos is an inward experience, it's Chachma, 
and 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 bina and yomtiv is an outward experience which engages you to be more behisgalos revealed. Good question. So the answer is one is connected to the other. Because Shabbos is so inward, as you're going in on Shabbos, so what do we, if Shabbos is so delightful, Shabbos is so awesome, why do we ever, why do we stay in Shabbos? Why don't we stay on vacation? We should stay in Shabbos. Who wants to leave? We should never, if you go back into pre-existence, you go back into this infinite pool of life, which is the ultimate state of pleasure, why in the world are you going to make a Sunday? You're going to make a Monday again. And why is God, after he moves into, why is he going to create another? And the question is on Hashem, the question is on us. Why, why even have a, a world? Why, why get back involved? It's like, it's like, it's like a, Shabbos is the best kept secret. But don't reveal it to people. You give people a little taste of Shabbos, they're never going to want to leave it. The answer is, when you're in this inward, inward, inward place, you hear in the silence, you hear the desire of the infinite to be expressed in vessels. And from that place is where you go outward. So Shabbos, because it's so inward, from the deepest inner point, the deepest inner point wants to be expressed in the most external outer part of vessels. So Shabbos drives the weak. Shabbos pushes you back into the weak. That's because you experience the... The Bina experience itself, the Yomtev experience itself, is dangerous. Yomtev experience would not drive you back into the weak. Yomtev is because Yomtev is Bina. And Bina wants... <clears throat> you're busy with your excitement. As we spoke last week, you don't even hear. You need to be totally silent to hear the desire of God. I want to have a home in the world. It takes total bit. That's why you have to mix Shabbos energy into Yomtev. <clears throat> because if you don't mix Shabbos energy into Yomtev, you're going to end up with a negar type of situation. Yomtev will go out of hand. And that's why every yomtiv has Shabbos Tiga Mitzvahs in the yomtiv. As Chassidus explains, how matzah on Pesach is to bring the Oyer Abba, the bittel of Shabbos, into yomtiv. Lulav, Shoifer, and Rosh Hashanah, every yomtiv, you have a special mitzvah to bring the Oyerois of Abba into Ema, because yomtiv itself could be dangerous. That's just a reconciliation for the, for the question that we might have regarding what we're learning. In any case, back to the Mimer. On Yom Tev is a time for Shemei Eboi Mchines Oreim, Shutafke Bizgalos, it's Tafke Reveal. Olechein Nikra Shabbos Kodesh, that's why Shabbos is called Holy, V'yom Tev Mikra Kodesh. Yom Tev is called the calling of holiness. Omnam, however, Ein Oed Eima Meir Mibilti Yichud Ba'er Abba. That's what we're just saying. The lights of Bina can't be independent. There needs to be in it a little bit light of Chachma. Shere Nikra Trein Rein Deloi Misparsh. They are called two friends that never separate. So Bina on its own has to have a nekudas ha to be excited about. And number two, he really doesn't go, go, go into it that much over here, but at least not in the beginning of the Mimer, that we have to increase the Chachma energy in 
in the Yomtev. That's our job as the Jewish people to affect the Yomtev by bringing more Chachma, more Kodesh into, into Yomtev on its own. That's not Kodesh. Elechein Nikra Mikra Kodesh, it's called the calling of holiness. Because the Netzachod Yesod of Chachma, Melubashem, Be'ema are enclosed in Ema and Bina, Behelem in a concealed state. So it's there. You have the, you have the Kodesh element in Yomtev as well. But it's benign. It's, it's, it's soft. On Shabbos, it's the opposite. As he says, Shabbos u'behepach. Sha'oineg ikr, the main experience of Shabbos is the inwardness, the oineg and the delight. Fasimchatafel, there is joy on Shabbos too. Actually, there is one place, a source where the Rebbe brings many times, where it says, simchaschem u'mayadeichem, in the days of your, days of joy and yomtiv. So the, what, what does it mean, the days of joy, which is not yomtiv, because it's the b'yom simchaschem so there is a sefri or something, it says, a form of a medrash which says, Elu HaShabbos, that's Shabbos. Which tells you that Shabbos, there is also an inyan of simcha. And, and the Rebbe is giving, leaving room for that over here. He says the oineg is the dominant one, and simcha is secondary, is tafel. Ki bebchenas ha-helem, hu oineg. Because in the concealed oineg, obviously when you're experiencing this deep delight, you're having the seeds of joy there. But it's overpowered by the pleasure. But on Yomtev, the, the character and the chemistry of the day is Bina, and therefore the experience down here is primarily this projecting, powerful, explosive, outward-driving energy, and that's the Simcha, that's the joy. Iker is the main thing. And within the, 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 the joy, there is also the, the pleasure. And the oinig is absorbed in a hidden way in the simcha. The ene is galos raka simcha. And what is revealed is only the joy. But in Shabbos, ain simcha is galos. The joy is not revealed, rak oinig, only the pleasure. Kihua ikr, because that's the prime, that's the main thing. For who bob ketivoi bepchenas hatsnei kenel. And Shabbos comes as its nature is more modest, kiniska, as we said earlier, vadaila mevd. Achar agdamazu. And after this introduction, we turned over the page a little while ago. I don't know if I mentioned it. Over here on the pages, it's 632. We're going to understand the general idea of this mimer. And he explains the difference between the difference, the difference that there is between Shabbos and Yom in a general way. Shabbos is not called, it is invited from Kodesh. Tafke Yomtev is called that it's invited from Kodesh. It's invited from Kodesh. It itself is not Kodesh, but it, it gets an infusion of Kodesh. It becomes in, 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 enclosed in it. An infusion of, of the lights of Chachma of oineg, of pleasure, of chachma, behelem in a concealed state, meaning in a more background uh, state in Yom Tiv. as we mentioned earlier. But to understand the specifics of this maimer, in this that he made the primary difference between them. In which he gives a marshal and he explains it a marshal to a king that had a one and only child. That's Shabbos. Shabbos is like this one child. 
And then the child had friends, the king appointed buddies. That's a, these are the bodyguards. And the king says, let's make a party for them as well and invite them. So even though they're not the ordinary, they're not ordinarily featured in the palace or invited to the palace, but they get to come as special guests. And that's the idea of Yomtev, weekdays that come. The Yomtev Nikrashishvinin, and Yomtev are called guests. Yuvan Bahagdim, this will be understood by first prefacing, Oid in Yanechot Kloli. So the Rebbe says, I'm going to take you into a, another important general idea. I'm a Vuba Paradise that's explained in Paradise, the Gamba Kizveya Rizal. It's explained both in Paradise, which is the more ancient Kabbalistic writings, the Ramak, Ramosha Kurdavu, and then we have the more modern teachings of Kabbalah, which is from the Arizal. And there's a purpose, I'm calling it modern, versus the more conservative, older teachings, is because that's what he's going to explain in the Mimer, that there is a difference between the Arizal's Kabbalah and the Ramak's Kabbalah in the understanding of the harmony that exists in the spheres. And But in both these places, it explains the general idea of who, Batam, in this, that it explains the reason. Now, this is a complete different subject of what we learned. The Mimer is now going to explore another idea. And then later we're going to converge the ideas together. We know that in every sphera has a name of God. The spheres, the attributes of Atzilus um, are also connected to various different names. In addition to calling this attribute Chesed and Gavura, it also has, we know Hashem has seven unerasable names, Shiva, Shema, Shein, and Machakim. So the, the seven names are connected to the seven, seven spheres. So when the Eberster's energy flow is flowing through Chesed, then we call God Kale. And when God is manifesting his life flow through Midas HaGvuri, he's called Elohim. So in each one of the spheres, through Yesod, Hashem is called Shakai. Through Malchus, he's called Adna. Through, uh, I think, Natsach and Hoid, he's called Svakais. And which one is individual for Natsach and which one is individual for Hoid, I'm not sure. And then, uh, oh, Teferis, what's with Teferis? Teferis is Yudke Vavke. So the question is, isn't Yudke Vavke God's general name? We know that Yudke Vavke is a name of God that far surpasses all the other names. It's called Shema Etzem, it's the essential name. And we say that that is reserved for Teferis. So the question is, why is Teferis Tafka merit to have Hashem's general name while the other spheres only have specific names? You know, and the idea is, because what's Havaya? Havaya is referring to God Himself as He is a source for everything. Kale, already Hashem has taken on a, 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 a uh, presentation of kindness. In, uh, in, the, in the name of Elohim, God is presenting himself as a stern judge. But in compassion, we're saying Havaya. Now, why? Compassion is also a specific. Hashem is now being compassionate. 
But we're going to see compassion in itself is a blend. The other attributes are each one a unique energy, which is specific. But compassion is a combo, it's a combination, it's a blend. And because it's a blend, it is related to the power of God that precedes everything and pre precludes everything and because of that can include everything. The reason the Eberster can include and harmonize and synchronize everything together to work in perfect balance and in perfect synchronization is because the Oyrein Saif is not this or neither that because of his non non-specification he and when there is a touch of that infinite potential that is neither this and neither that but could be everything when we can connect to that state of the of the divine that energy causes unification so in order for teferis to function as teferis which is a harmony blend of chesed and gavura, which are two diametrically opposed spheroids, is because in Teferis, so even though Teferis itself is not purely the Orient Sof, that's why it's spheroids at Teferis, and it has a certain characteristic, the character of mercy and the lie, and, and, and truth, whatever, but because Teferis exhibits within it the tolerance and the ability of harmonizing others, it must be that in it there is an investment of Hashem himself prior to his de- defining himself into every definitions and that's why Dafka Teferis has the zuchus and the merit to be a host for Yudke Vavke and therefore be called by the name of Yudke Vavke that's the idea that he's explaining can include within itself two opposites chesed and gavura chesed and gavura as we know that the attribute of mercy, which we know is related to Teferis, as it is known, it includes two opposite chesed and gevurah, because on itself these two are opposite. In judgment, in pure din, there is no rachamim and there is no chesed. There is just din. Not, and we learned that in last week's parasha. It says, don't be compassionate to a poor man and judge in court. You have to be, here is a place where the divine attribute of judgment is manifesting and therefore the, everything that is happening over here has to be within the framework of judgment. And over there, there is no room for compassion and no room for, for, for kindness. You don't forego what is the situation. That's the way things have to be judged. And on the other hand, when we're in the department of Chesed, when we're in the, uh, we're in the headquarters of Chesed, there is no consideration for din at all. Ve'ena chesed din klal. Kindness wants kindness. Doesn't care if you're worthy or not worthy. Kindness just wants to give, 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 and love and love and love and love. And God's capacity for love, love and patience and giving for everybody and endlessly. They're two opposites. But mercy is a combination of both. It considers both and, and, and harmonizes them. Who tolerates both. 
Because the judgment calls for what? Onesh, punishment. So let's say a court, maybe the judge can't be compassionate. Has to, has to give the verdict. But the king, oh, you just had the story. Mamish had the story <laughs> happening just now, the last two days in the news. You had, you know, the judge handed down a verdict to this Texas woman who wanted to keep her store open. Okay, she said she wants to feed her kids. The judge said, you broke the law. You broke the law, either apologize or I'm sending you to jail. If you didn't apologize, gegangen. He locked her up. In a sense, the judge has to follow the law. Now the governor is coming and says, come on, this lady wants to feed her king. Where's your compassion? And then the Supreme Court got involved, whatever, and they let her out today. So they overriding. But in a sense, you can't have complaints to the judge. Judge has to be the one who enforces law. That's his Indian. He's, he's the judge. He's called the judge. He has to judge based on the law the law they're they're up they're, they're not above the law but th their role what th that they're playing is to run the government and to run a government not the law of the government to run a government but you have to consider the people and the way it's going to affect them there's more consideration oh but they also have the compassion she wants to feed her children and you can't lock her up because of that let her out they let her out so what is, and it's not like the, the governor, what's his name, Abbott or whatever, it's not like he said that she didn't break the law. And it's not that he said she's not guilty. She's guilty, she deserves, but how can you, a mother from children wants to feed her children. She's not a malicious uh, person breaking the law. She's doing something to, because she, 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 she needs a livelihood. So that means it's tolerating. On the one hand, it's kindness, because it's letting her out of jail. It's, it's removing the punishment. On the other hand, it's not like, no problem, everything is good, do whatever you want. That's chesed. No problem. You need it, do it, yeah, you're good. No, it's illegal. You broke the law. You deserve to be punished. But you know what? I have compassion in you. So, so it's, 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 it's taking into consideration the judgment, but yet acting following, following the kindness. So it's, it's a chibur and an attachment of both. It's, it's tolerating in one space two opposites. We have to say, So how do you have, if these two things clash, and they were at war with each other. How can they both reside in one place? How can they get along so nicely in, in Teferis? You have to say that in this Midah, there is Eiza Oira Meirubah You have a radiance from a very high place. She'ein sham beza fechem alalu klal. This is a place that doesn't have opposites. Because it's beyond Midahs. Once you're already dropping into the world of Midas, attributes, chesed, gevura, specific energies, there is fire and water, they don't get along. But since Teferis is tapping the level, Hashem himself, on Hashem himself you can't define him, neither as chesed, because he doesn't have any definition. So the Urin Saif, and all the way down to that revelation of Urin Saif that we spoke earlier, that's mayor that shines in Keser, 
in Atik Yoimen, and eventually even makes his way down into Chachma, because we said Chachma is also still a pure, simple dwelling of the Orient Saif. So that light that's over there touches Teferis. And when it drips a drop of that into Teferis, it gives in the Teferis because of the non, non-specific nature, if you can call it beyond nature of this of this oil that it's not defined by anything, it, it, it empowers even the, the place where there is definitions and there is specifications for everything to harmonize and come together. And this level is the level of Keser. Which over there it resides, the substance of the oil inside, of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the infinite light. Which is above and separated from every element of Mida of Midas. As we say about the Abishter himself, it's not that you have a specific Tzedek, which is one Mida, Midas Amalchos. You don't have any of these Midas. And he is called Shleimusa de Kula, the one who is perfect of everything. Doesn't mean he includes everything. He precludes everything, but because of that, he can he can include everything. Uh, because it's one simple light, pashut which is simple with with utter simplicity. It's not divisible into divisions. Bemidos in attributes usfiros adayin. Or bemidos in 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 yeah in 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 various emotions or spheroids or attributes adayin ekamaymerin as we say antchad you are one v'loy b'chushpan you are not yet within the chushpan within the cheshpan which in which in the calculation of attributes this one or that one as it has been explained earlier umei oisay oir hashalim bishleimus the ein soif. From that perfect light that is shalim b'shleimus, that is perfect in perfection of Ein Soiv, Meir Gam Efes Ketzeyu, the tail end of it, something of it, of that state, is shining, the Midas Teferes is experienced, is, is, is illuminating in the Midas of Teferes to give Teferes dafka that power. Achar shebekoyach midazul lizbal bezafechem. Since it's within the power of this midah to tolerate and to carry within itself two opposites, behechrach we have to say, it's because it she carries or teferis has within itself the shleimus of keser that is beyond these two opposites. Because in the level of keser there isn't any midos, so it affects that effect on keser as well. Klal that's why, see, again, it's important to differentiate. Teferis is not Keser. Teferis has the limitations of spheroids. But this tenua, this nuance, this, this, this uh, attribute, I'll call it attribute, this uh, ability that Teferis has to transcend the very the very uh, specifics that make up its, her own character, and to be able to, 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 to bring peace between conflicting energies, 
is because it's attached to the levels of the divine that are the source for both opposites. And that's why, but over there it's a source for the opposites before the opposites became opposites. Here, even after the opposites are opposites, they harmonize through Teferis. Because Teferis has within it from Keser, which comes from Malchus de Ein Seif, that's why Teferis is also called Noira, the awesome one, because the the the, the Seif itself is called Noira Tehilois, too awesome to praise. As explained elsewhere, as explained in that Pasuk. So this idea, which has been explained by the Ramak and by the Arizal, to, and that's the reason why Teferis is called Havaya, which Havaya is referring the, to God Himself, not to a specific attribute. Because this relates to the general name of Hashem. Which includes the general Shlemus perfection of God. Not a specific name with a specific power. Like the name of Kale, which is in Chesed Levad. And the name of Elohim, which is only in Gevurah Only Teferis is Zoycha to that name. Which teaches us as well that if we can make Shalom and peace with each other, we merit a much higher presence of divinity to dwell amongst us. No matter how right and how correct we are in, 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 our, in our passionate and driven we are in our opinions and holy opinions and so on and so forth, like the lesson of the students of Rabbi Akiva that we spoke about so much last week, the intolerance by, by being lacking the teferis, which is lacking the bitl to the Abishter himself, which enables opposites to be together. So now the Alter Rebbe is taking it a step further. Up till now, we were, we were um, following the teachings of the old Kabbalists and the new Kabbalists as well. And that is that Teferis is unique in that it can be called Havaya because why? It's, it's still connected to Keser because it's Noisa Hafechem. It can tolerate opposites. It's a peacemaker. However, now we're going to extend it a step further and going to say that in truth, according to the new Kabbalists, which is from the Arizal and onward, the teaching of the Arizal, the Arizal revealed something unique. And the Arizal revealed that in truth, the entire emotional um, spectrum, the entire configuration of the divine emotions, called Ze'eran, but not only the center of it, which is Teferis, but even the Chesed, which is as we said before, is specific. And Gavura, which is specific. And Netzach and Hod, and each sphere, which is specific. Which as a result of that specification, it should not have within it the ability to be called Havaya. Because it's, because it's, it's, it's only Chesed and only Gavura. Yet the Arizal says we can apply Havaya to all the spheres. Why? Because all the spheroids that exist now are spheroids of Olam HaTikun. And since they're of Olam HaTikun, they're all blendable. They all get along. In other words, this nature of Teferes is not only in Teferes, 
it's primarily um, realized in Teferis, but on a less, it's less featured in the other spheres, but it's also featured in all the spheres. And that's why all the spheres of the world of Tikkun, even the more extreme ones, are tolerant of each other and get along with each other. And that's something that the Arizal taught, and it was not there in the writings of the Ramak. Because the, because the Ramak was still belonging to a time period when Tohu was dominating. It's an amazing idea. Inside the Maimur, he doesn't say it so explicitly, but in the Ha'aris, he brings various different sources to this in Eitzchayim and in, I was so happy that I had to say for Igris Ramaz, the letters of Ramosha Zakusi. So over there he says, let's not go back to the teachings of the Ramak from the world of Tohu. Because in the old order, the way things were in the beginning was that the spheres did clash with each other. But then the Abishta created the new system. And the new system, even though it was there from before creation, started to becoming more revealed as we're getting closer to Mashiach through the Arizal. And the earlier teachings of Kabbalah were more influenced by the, character, the, the characterization of Tohu, the systems of Tohu, and they did not yet fully assimilate the understandings of Tikkun. And this was only revealed, the Arizal, the Yitzchayim, the Arizal says it, Beferish, I mean, the Rabchaim Vital says it, it was only revealed later as we're getting the tikkun is happening more and more as a result of Torah and Mitzvah, we're causing more of the tikkun. So it's becoming more known and more behizgalos from above the secrets of Olam tikkun, which is called Shema HaChadosh, which this is the, 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 the ability to harmonize. Mitzad this, from this perspective, there is, like we know in Sphira Sa'omer, for instance, we, we're counting every day, we're counting, you know, today is not just chesed, it's gavura sheba chesed. Hey, how do you get gavura in chesed? The answer is, chesed tolerates gavura. How is that possible? Because it's from the world of tikkun. In a sense, what we're really saying is that teferes is the dominant sphere in the world of tikkun and influences all the other spheres that they all become the family of teferes. That they all become... Um, Harm, I don't know what word would it be, to become harmoniable. That's a good new word. Let's read it inside him. All the specific midas of Atzilas, after the tikkun system was applied, the shema, the adam, of shema, of adam, and that's what adam means. Adam is gematria ma. Adam means a being that has everything. That's what, the, that's what the uniqueness of Adam is. Animals, we know, they don't have that being. Animals have one character. A human being is explained in Hasidus and other Maimarim is the only one that possesses within himself. He can be angry, he can be kind. He can be this, he can be that. He can be compassionate, he can be... He's not one-track-minded. Animals are one-track. He can be a kind animal, or it can be a mean animal. But one of the two. Humans, because that's Adam. Adam is the image of God above, the one that is able to Unify everything. Uh, which is called Zeirampun, in a manner of partsufin. That's the Chiddush of the Arizal. Chiddush of the Arizal is that there are partsufin. Partsufin means configurations which 
create the ability of having millions and millions of spheroids. And those who followed the Kabbalah of the Yari were attacked by those who were still studying the ancient Kabbalah based on the writings before the Yari. And they were saying, what are you talking about? How do you get all these spheroids from? There's only 10. It says Beferish in Zohar. It says 10 and not 11. And the Yari... And, and the Rav Chaim Vital answers because you're not, ex- yes, there's only 10, but because of the blending of the spheres one with each other, it, because the concept called the parts of, a parts of means a configuration where things become harmonized one with each other, it, it becomes way more than the 10 spheres and so on and so forth. As it is explained, Dafkin, the writings of the Ari, Gamuhu Nikra B'Shem so the entire Ze'er Anpin is also in general called Havaya, not only the Teferis element of it. Veloi b'shem achar prati, and not with a specific name, with a different name. Yes, if you're zeroing into a specific element of the Ze'er Anpin, you will say Kale, you will say Elohim. But if you're looking at Ze'er Anpin as a whole, it's Shem Havaya. And he's going to show you that it's possible to have Shema Havaya even when you're looking at a specific element of the Zayrampin. There too there is Havaya in its name. There is Havaya in Chesed, there is Havaya in Gemur, and not just in the sum totality. Why? Because even the details and sub-details are all harmonized with each other. Kihine, now he explains, Paradise, this that it's written in Paradise. Paradise is a writing of Kabbalah from the Ramak, who was the main teacher of Kabbalah before the Arizal taught. The shame avaya ene elo betiferes. The shame avaya is only in teferes. Hainu lefiya kabbalo shalom akubalim arishonim. That follows the early mekubalim. Shalifnei arizal. That's before the arizal. It's amazing that when it comes to nigla, when it comes to the revealed part of the Torah, there is kind of the the understanding that you rely on the earlier ones more than you rely on the older ones. Like Amiris can't argue on the Tana. Tana can't argue on. Like, the earlier you were, closer to the, to the origins, the more reliable you were. When it comes to Kabbalah, it works the opposite. Now, I'm not saying that the new modern-day Kabbalists, you know, anybody that calls himself a Kabbalist, a Kabbalist. I'm talking about those that were accepted by the Jewish people as, as the, those Kabbalim that received transmissions from above, like the Arizal, who received from Eliyahu Anavi, the Balshemtov, who received from, from Achia Shiloini and the like, these... So the latter have authority more than the earlier because these are all revelations from the future. Kabbalah is the revelations of the new Torah coming in the days of Mashiach. So we're getting more revelation. When with times of dinam, he says, times of concealment, times of gullus, times of harsh blockages, the Kabbalah did not, they had an image, they didn't get it straight to the fullest. They didn't know yet at that time. They didn't have that understanding of tikkun like the Arizal received a, a, trend, a, 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 a teaching regarding the worlds of the, the, the systems of Tikkun. They, the early Mekubalim, spoke about the division of Sphiris to ten. But that's within Sphiris, that's still the stage of Tohu. As we discussed so many times, there's two systems of Tohu and Tikkun. Tohu is a primordial system where the attributes came out clashing with each other. And it's based on the concept which the Medrash says, and the early, when God initially created the world, he like experimented. He created worlds and they burst 
He, they, and, they, and, he, and he destroyed them. He created and he destroyed. He created, which according to the deeper meaning means not physical world. It means that he emanated spheros that didn't last. Why didn't they last? Because they were, they were clashing with, I mean, there's different aspects to this. I'm just doing it very bekitzer because they, they clashed with each other. Each one, and they were extremists. They didn't get along with one with each other. So that's the idea of tov. It's also called akudim. Akudim means spots. Each one came out as a spot. But afterwards when the Arizal came, they did not have the teaching of the Arizal. That's why they didn't find the shlemus of God himself, not his spheres. The spheres didn't have shlemus. Each one was a representation of another potential, but one specific potential. So it could not facilitate yud kevavke the erin seif. Okay, long matzup chen shleim is the erin seif. Rak b'midas firas at teferes. Even according to their system, teferes had that that blend that tikkun dege elam ubavadin. In other words, to them, the world of tikkun was limited only to teferes. Avol ach Hashem avua beitzchayim beprotis b'chenas atikkun the adam datzilos. But after the arizal came along and revealed the the more specific element of tikkun. Of Adam, of the man of Atzilus, parts of Zah, which is that there is a whole parts of. Parts of means a configuration. And a configuration means where things blend with each other of the Zerampit. So there is Shem Avaya in all the details of the Midas of the Zerampit. For behold, he explains. Shairish Inyanatikun. What? Why? How can there be Havaya in the details? Because the main Indian of Tikkun the main idea of Tikkun is the harmony with, where things integrate, integration one with each other. Kiyadu, as it is known. Since Midas HaChesed is what? So for example, we do Tzvira Saimer. So the first night of Sfirah Sa'imer was Chesed Sheba Chesed. Second night of Sfirah Sa'imer was Gevurah Sheba Chesed. So you see that there is Gevurah in Chesed. Now in Sfirah, we are not getting into more details. We're stopping just by the Sfirah and its seven, and the seven subfolders that are in Chesed. But in truth, there is Chesed, Sheba Chesed, and then there is there is chesed shebechesed shebechesed, and let's put it this way. Let, let make it easier. The seven spheres, let's call them the parents. The 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 details, let's call them the children. So, in the children of chesed, chesed has a son chesed. He has a son gevura, and he has a son has siblings. Right? They all. So there is gevura shebechesed. Now there's grandchildren. There is chesed. Shebechesed. That's sugar sweet. Only sweetness. <laughs> Dangerous sweetness. Just pure sweet. Then there is Gevura Shebechesed. Shebechesed. That's the Gevura of Right? So, and, and you can go further and further and make all kinds of blend. Not your making. That's the way the world is created through the variations and variations and variations. And every single thing, the reason why the world is so differentiated is because the Midas of God becomes so colorful once the blends become so, they go so far out. And there's so many 
different nuances of it. So for example, he says, Midas HaChesed So there is Gevura, that's Gevura Sheba Chesed. And then Gevura Sheba Klula Mechesed. The Gevura that's in Chesed has within, within it Chesed too. Chesed Sheba Gevura Sheba Chesed. V'oisei Chesed Kaloid Megevura. And that Chesed, which is the grandson, which is the Chesed Sheba Gevura Sheba Chesed, has within it Gevura as well. So that last gvura would be gvura shebechesed shebegvura shebechesed, like he says of even nikra oz gvura shebechesed shebegvura shebechesed. Then it's called gvura shebechesed. That's a blend. Now in gvura you have the same thing. That's in chesed. In gvura you have chesed shebegvura, and then you have gvura shebechesed shebegvura, and then you have chesed shebegvura shebechesed shebegvura. See. As it's set up, and it's all unified where there is an integration of Chesed and Gvura as it comes from these two midos by Fanim Rabim Vishoinim in many variations. To the point where you don't have even a specific of a specific of a specific where it won't be a blend. The blend is literally on the cellular level. That means on every aspect of it, wherever you will go, you'll be able to find everything, all the colors. It's never just an extreme one. Breaking it, it's like you want to isolate only, only the chesed. doesn't work, because in every element, you'll, it's, it's blended and blended and blended. It's the world of tikkun. Why? Because Tikkun is rooted in the Orient Sof, on God Himself. And in the Ebeshter, He's neither Chesed Gevurin on this. And therefore, since Tikkun is really rooted in the Pinimius of the Orient Sof, and the flavor of, if you can say, or the non-flavor of the Orient Sof carries through, it will cause harmony in every level. And it will have everything in everything. That's why we say that in every Jew is every Jew. And in every... And, 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 and the truth is, you see, even physicality. That in the, in the DNA of the tiniest particle of the body, you have the entire DNA of the whole body. You have the brain and then everything. Everything is behiskalalos. You, you won't find a specific element of midah that won't have everything together. This just like it is in the spiritual spheres up there, in the godly, you'll find it in the human being down here well. She'evarov mimuzagim. The limbs of the person are harmonized in the sense. Ukululim kol echad ve'echad. Where each one is called one from the other. Betachlis ha'izkalulus. And the epitome of integration. Not only that they tolerate each other as it's explained, they actually contribute to each other. It's not just, you know, I'm not going to explode if you're sitting next to me. They're actually receiving. The chesed receives from the gevurah. The, the, the chesed is enhanced by the gevurah. The gevurah is enhanced by the chesed. It's kalalos. Each one has to contribute to the other. The beginning, in some ways, this is the contributor and he's the recipient. In other things, he's the recipient and he's the giver. As it's stated, in came behechrech loyma, we have to say sheyesh pechen hashem avaya gam bechol pratu prat. So hashem avaya permeates everywhere, in every detail. This is so gavaldic. This whole concept of arizal, 
That there isn't, it's not like just in, in, in one specific element. It's in all of existence. It's in everything. Because in the Zeir Anpin, which is Atzilus, this is the reality. Now, the question is, how is that going to carry over actually into creation? In creation is that, so on a certain degree we see, as he says, in the human being, even his limbs are that way. But soon we're going to see a differentiation. We're going to get to that. Since there is a scalalus from everything in every detail, so even every small little specific is compared to the essential perfect one, which is God, that is above it all. As we spoke earlier regarding Teferis. move on, it's understood. Just like, according to the Kabbalah of Ramosha Kardovo, the Ramak, the Shem is in Teferis. Why? Because Teferis has his skalalus, chesed and gevurah. So there will be Shem Avayi Beprotis, of all the Midas of the Zeiram, according to the Kabbalah. The Shem Avayi, like the mini Shem Avayi, in every part. Everywhere, because it's all got a taste of the orange soif. Kamoikeng, that's in the specifics. Kamoikeng gam beklolazah, so in the generalzah for sure. Zeirampin for sure, it's that way. Dafk. Da'ainu sheklolaz pchenizah nikra havaya. The general element of zeirampin is called havaya. Ki aprat tolu bechlal ki yedua, because the specific, the particle, is dependent on the general. Ki yedua. So the reason why all the details of it is so blended is because the general is blended. It's all because of this magnificent system of his of integration. Which is there in it, both in general and specific in Iskala, as we said earlier. One is dependent on the other. The Iker who clawless the Zah. The main one is the the main element is the general element of the Zairamp and Shanikra Shemavaya Bakhlaw, which is called Shemavaya. And that's what we refer to Shema, Yutke Vavke, Bemilui Alfin with the Milui of Alephs, which make up 45, which is the name of God as he's manifesting in Zairampin, which represents this bitl and this iskalalus, and the Aleph also represents the Oirain Saif that's causing this iskalalus. Can you do as it is known? Comes out an amazing difference because according to the Ramak, only Teferis we can refer to as Havaya. According to Yarizal, all of Atzilus or the Zeir Anpin, it can be in general referred to as Havaya. But here is where the Rebbe says an interesting thing. There is a, there is a difference, the Alter Rebbe says, Bemchenes Pnimi is the Zah. Between the pnimius of the zeiranpin, the pchenasachitzaniestism, to the external element of zeiranpin, every in every sphere and every attribute is pnimius and chitzaniest. And pnimius means the way it is in, in the inside, and uh, and chitzaniest means the way it is on the outside, externally. The dafke bepchenasapnimius, which means more in the neshama of it, in its pnimius. And now that's where in the inside it says, Shema Shema flows in the inside of Atsilas, the inner flow of Atsilas. And therefore, over there it sends the Urin Saif. And since it sends the Urin Saif, it creates Tikkun, which is a scalolos in, in every aspect of it, but in the pnimius of it. 
which produces this escalus integration and unity in general and specific. And this is through the new power of Shema. Shanimshach bezeirampin that is drawn in zeirampin liyos pchenes eskalalos bechlalu beprap. It's called new because it's the new. I think, I think, it's because new not. It came after the system of tohu, where there was this uh, the, the the wars going on. And this is the the new hamshach in zeirampin. It's not also not liyos pchenes eskalalos bechlalu beprap for it to be in this state of integration. For moving on, derech dugma gamba adamatachten. This idea that there's a difference between the chitzainius and the pnimius will be seen also in the human being, but in the in the in the limbs. The yimasha This that the organs and the limbs are very codependent on each other, and they receive from each other. And therefore, we find that when a lot of times when you want to heal, especially in Oriental medicine, you want to heal one part of the body, you can do work on a completely different other part of the body. You go to a acupuncturist. They'll, they'll, right? They'll, 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 you know, tell you, you know, you have a stomach ache and they'll be pressing, pressing pressure points on your toes or on your heel. Because it's all connected one to each other. Kiddu as it is known. Which is this in Skalos. It's not the limbs on their own. Yes, they're integrated, but that's because there's a flow of the soul that's flowing. This inner light of the soul, the soul itself, which is, you're one human being. You're not a composition of 248, you know, limbs. You are you one human. That one human has 248 limbs. Because of the oneness of that one soul, it causes the limbs too to become completely one entity. Where, where they're all so integrated and interwoven and interdependent one with each other to the point that there isn't anything that functions independently. All as, as, as in unison. Shabbat, because the nefesh, Shabbat, the kasher, or lecham, in other words, the pnimius affects even the chitzainius, but the source of it is the pnimius, which is the nefesh. Shabbat, the kasher, which it comes to bond, or lecham, or saying to attach, for the, for the person to be called one from the other. Admibli, yamatsab, emreish, vesoif, to the point where you can't see a beginning and an end. Ki elian, makabu, ma'atachtun, because the one atop, Receives from the one below. stated elsewhere. But if you're analyzing the limbs themselves on their own, they're separate one from the other. And each limb and each organ, its mezeg, its um, its uh, chemistry and its nature, is separated than, than the other. Its texture, its 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 uh, bone I don't know bone structure, but uh, each each part of the body has its own unique uh, makeup. Haya and 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 in terms of also its function, hayad lichtoiv the hand will write lifrel peula or to do other activities, the eye and the eye doesn't do any activities. The eye does its job. And that's to see. And we know that therefore, we know the material that the hand is made up is very different than the material that the eye is made up. And, and this will be understood also above. We have to differentiate in the supernal man of Atzilus, 
that just like it is by us, the difference between the panemius and the chitzainius, and even if there is a, a, a unification, it's because the panemius is causing the unification. The same is also above, that there is a unification in Atzilus itself. Of course, over there, there isn't the physical body, but still there is a chitzainius compared to the panemius. And the panemius of it, which is this flow, the soul of tikkun that flows in it, the neshama of atzilus, that's what drives the hiskalalus of all the, all the details. Until you can't find the beginning and the end. The general power together. And dafka when they're all unified together through that singular power that's in them, that's why it's called Adam. And that creates already that in every detail and in sub-detail, there should be that harmony. As we said earlier, that every mida incorporates within itself the opposite with a perfect integration. All this is only in the Pnimi. All this is only in the Pnimi, which is through the name Ma, which is the root of Tikkun. We turn over the page. As it says on page 634, the shame ma, which is the milu of olives, which is in the inside. The e oirach atzilus is the pathway of atzilus. explained elsewhere. The explanation is, but on the chitzainius of zeiran pin adarabe. On the contrary, on the chitzainius level of zeiran, but each one emerges separate from the other. Hapach bchenes eskalos, not in the eskalos. Similar to the Yilim. So how does that mean practically? So when, when, when Chesed emerges, the Gevurah is separate from it. In its emergence, in its, in, its, in its full outward manifestation. But don't we see that even when we have Chesed in it, a person can have control of the Chesed, there can be Gevurah in the Chesed. Like, what does it mean that he says over here? When the spheres come out, they come out each one independently. I'm not exactly sure. You can say relative to the Pneumius, where they're really integrated. And the reason why this separation is Dafka and the Chitzanius and the external. Because the name Ma, that's the, which is which bonds, excuse me, and unifies them. And not in the chitzonius. and according to this, so this that we said in Eitz Chayim, that Zeir Anpin is called Shema Vaya, now we have to realize that that's only in the Pneumius of it. That's in the Pneumius where there is this Eskalalus and this Achtos. Because of the Eskalalus, but not in the Chitzainius, not in the external. Because in the Chitzainius, they're, they're separated. In the state of Pirut, once each one stands for, for what it stands for, 
And it only has a specific name. It can't, you can't attribute it to general name of God because it's only functioning with one function. It's functioning with to do chesed only. The other one is functioning to do gevurah only. So without the partnership and attachment with another name with another name that's that's different than it. It's similar to the state of affairs as it was, the lights of Tohu. In the, in, the, in the level of spots or dots that we spoke about earlier, points, which they were separated, one sphere was separated, not, not a part, so not a configuration. And that is in the six days of creation. In the six days of creation, you have the spheroids. We said, and remember, we learned, when we learned the Zohar, Sheishes Yamim Asa Hashem, six days God made, means that the spheroids themselves were activated down here. But what, how were they transmitting, not their Pneumius, they were transmitting more the Chitzanius, as he's going to prove in a minute. Since they were activating and functioning from the Chitzanius, the level of it, that's why the world that it created is a world where things were designated, each one in their place, in which we don't, a, 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 a world of variation, in the sense that things are specified, and each thing comes in its place. The desert is the desert, and the mountains on the mountains, here it's freezing cold, and here it's boiling hot. It's a separate weather system, and a separate, separate, uh, separate climate, each place its own climate, it's the French, it's different. Each day is different, as we're gonna see. Each period in history comes out different. And that's because, and in a sense, there even seems to be extremes where things are following an extreme order in a specific way. And then you come into a different point in history and you see that God's, the entire context of life and of existence is very different because the chemistry of life is different. I mean, if you're real, if you tap into the godly, see, because there's a different energy of God present in the world at that time. That's why it's so different on the outside. And that's because the spheres are acting in a in a um, exclusive manner, where every sphere is isolated on its own. In other words, the, the concept of Iskalalus is not felt so much outside of Atsilas, because where Atsilas is where the spheres are in their Pneumistic state, but when they're emerging out into the lower worlds, that, that's the Chitzainius, and the Chitzainius, the limbs, as we spoke earlier, are more differentiated. And that's why, for instance, in Atsilas, you can feel the Orein Soif, so everybody's unified. In the Orein Soif, everybody's one. Outside of Atsilas, you don't feel the Oyrein Saif. As we said before, what makes the unity and harmony in the person? The Oyr Hanefesh, the singular, the singular light of the one soul. But where the light of the one soul is not felt, then you can feel more the differences in the limbs of the body. And even though the, the, the six days of creation are rooted in the six days of the Zeyi and the Zeyi is Havaya, which is Iskalalos, since they are drawn from the Chitzainius of the Zeyi and not from the Pneumius, as it is known, as we know that the influence of the ten spheres in Atzilus, or the Zeyi let's say, of the six spheres, or seven spheres, which is the source of the six days of creation, the six days of the week, and all of that, or the six directions, as it is known, that the spheroids extended influence lower is, is only the kalim, 
the we know that in, in every sphere there's oiros and kalim, lights and vessels. So we say that the light of the vessel, which is the primius, is not really is not really carrying through past the parsa, past the partitions. Only the kalim of the spheroids are becoming in, in the lower world, they become the neshama, they become the energy, which in the higher world they're only the kalim. And kalim, as we said earlier, are more specific specified. So as Kiyadu, as it is known, the Rak Mutchanis HaKalim, the Yud Sfiris, the Zatzilis, only from the level of Kalim, of the ten Sfiris of the Zayram, and of Atzilis, Nas and Naran, that becomes the Nefesh Ruach Neshama, that becomes the soul, Bibiyah in Bri Yatsir and Asiyah. Then Lamit Kalim, and altogether it says there are 30 powers, 30 Kalim. Why 30? Ten Sfiris of Bria, ten Sfiris of Yatsira, Ten spheres of Asiya. In each world, there's ten spheres. So the ten spheres of these three worlds, which are considered the creation, they come from, they're the neshama of the world. These neshamas are really the kalim in Atsilos, that's not neshama. The neshama, of Atsi, the neshama in Atsilos, the Orein Saif, remains in Atsilos, does not continue further. The kalim that receive that light come down. And where do you have 30 kalim? There's only ten spheres in Atsilos. Because the kalim of those ten spheres, there is the inner part of the keli that touches the light, there is the middle part of the keli, which is like the etzem of the keli, and then there is the external part of the keli, the way the keli already functions to the outside. And obviously the chitzainius of the keli is the most weakest part of the keli, the panemius of the keli is the strongest. So in the, in the ten kalim of Atzilus, it gets the friend, it, 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 it breaks down as follows. In Bria, it's the Pneumius of the Keli of Atzilus that becomes the Neshama, the Nefesh Ruach Neshama, the soul power of the world of Bria. In Yetzirah, it's the middle part of the Kalim of Atzilus that become there, and that's why the quality of the world of Yetzirah is far downgraded from the world of Bria. And in Asiya, it's even, even lower because it's only the Chitzainius of the Kalim of the Sphira. So that's the last 10 Kalim of the 30 Kalim. So, but that, in general, since it's only kalim, and in kalim you don't feel so much the shame ma, which brings about this escalalus and this oneness, and that's why he's going to explain, you can see that the world is a world of differentiation and separation. And even though I mentioned earlier that in the DNA of the person, you can see the entire DNA, and in truth, the world is very much integrated, but compared to the integration and assimilation and oneness that is felt in the world of Atsilus, the concept of oneness is not so obvious in the world of, of Asiya because we feel more, over here the differences are more pronounced. These are the 30 kalim of Netzach, of the Zeranpin. From the 10 innermost, that creates Neshama, the Bria, the Neshama of Bria. And then from the middle, Yetzirah and so forth. And that's the reason. Now we'll understand why the six, the six days are called weekday. Weekday means they're mundane. They're not. Hold it. Didn't we say that Zay Rampin is Havaya? If it's Havaya, it's Kodesh, it's holy, it's God. It's the emotions of God. The answer is when are they considered, the, when is the Abishter present in them? When the spheroids are all in a state of perfect harmony and bottle and one with their soul that's flowing in them, which is the orange side, that's when it's Havaya. But when the chitzainius of it goes out and, 
And the proof that it's only chitzainius is because it's operating and functioning in a way of distinction, where each one is a thing onto its own, and in many ways it's clashing with, the, with others. That's an indication that the orin seif is not there, avaya is not there. So it's, if it's not avaya, then it's chol, it's weekday, it's Monday. So even though we're dealing with a divine energy, we're dealing with... But it's already considered an outsider of the palace. And, and we're going to see that when these days are invited into Yom Tiv, to a higher state to connect to the Pneumius, that's like a guest coming. They're, even though we're talking about divine powers, but it, it has become so diminished of its divinity and the fact that it became lost the, the quality of orange seif to it, which is displayed in the lack of achdos. This is so amazing. When we feel we can be in, in isolation, and I don't want to hurt the idea that we're in isolation now, but when we feel when we can do it alone, I don't need anybody else, and I'm good on my own, and so on and so forth, I don't need to receive from anybody, integrate with anybody, and so on and so forth. I don't have to attach myself to other Jews, to other people. That's the most godless of states we can be in. An indication of the of the, the non presence of the Oyrin This idea that you see also, for example, when you have a Rebbe, for instance, amongst a Rebbe, you have like it takes a community, makes them all into one, because you have the Oyrin Seif that's dwelling there in this tzaddik. Sadly, when you don't see the Rebbe, it created a lot of division amongst the Hasidim. Because Mitzad the Chitzanius of Kalim, yeah, there are people that think different. You need that glue. You need that power that powerful presence uh, to, to harmonize and hold it all together. <laughs> this is the reason they called the six days of the week. It's, draw, it's drawn down and it goes down from Atzilas to Biyah. To enliven the spirit of the lowly. May ayin liyesh gomer, as it as it's going down to create the world. May ayin liyesh to be something. For whom I sechol, that's a a a uh, a mundane activity. Veloikaydish. Its objective of what it, what these divine energies need to do over here is to create a world that feels itself as a something, as a yesh. That itself, it's. Is, is considered a weekday function, a mundane function, because in holiness, the experience is there's only God. So in Atzilus, for instance, where there's no yesh, where the, the Sheshes Yom are not yet functioning to create, over there, it's Iyu V'chiyu 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 Hashem is one with everything. There's no yesh, there's nothing other than God. All is one with Him. Everything is a lakus and everything is bebchenas ein sof. Everything is in a state of ein sof and everything is in perfect harmony with each other. And with this we'll understand the reason in the ten utterances. Why they're separated from each other and they came in different days. On the first day of six days of creation, only one it wasn't like there was the ten mamaris every day. The first day on Sunday, only one. Only let there be light. Which light is a function of chesed. Ubiyoyim beiz, and when it came Monday, heyer maimah yehi rakiyah. 
On Monday came the Maimar Yehirakiah, which Yehirakiah is the total, total antithesis to Yehi'or. Yehi'or is God's luminance on the world, closeness, and Yehirakiah is his distance, making a barrier. I'm up here, your guys are down there, separating the spiritual from the physical, disconnect. The Yehidu'ah Shamaim, which is Gevura. The Yehidu'ah Shamaim Yehi'or, and Nimshuch Midas HaChesed HaTzilos. Yehi'or is coming from Chesed HaTzilos. Ki HaChesed Mashpia Omei V'Yehi'or. Chesed wants to give light, wants to illuminate. Umayim Yehi'rakiyah, and the utterance Yehi'rakiyah, who bov and Nimshuch Mubchines Midas HaGevura, comes from Midas HaGevura. Ki HaRakiyah Zenasa LaHavdo. It creates, comes to make Machloikis, and comes to separate. Bein HaMayim El Yoyinam LaMayim to claim that he shouldn't reveal himself. To hold back, which is Gevura. Which is through Din and Tzimtzum and contraction. Judgment and contraction. Which is the opposite of flow. Histalkus means departure. That's why Sunday and Monday, two different days. We feel such a difference. You ever feel Monday the same like Sunday? It's a whole different reality. It's as if you entered into a new world. People are like kind of depressed on Monday and Sunday. Everybody's so happy Sunday. It's like <laughs> Sunday is Chesed, Monday is Gevur, and there's no connection between them. It's a different energy, chemistry to the day. On Sunday there was no Gevur at all. And on Monday there's no Chesed, just plain straight. That's why it was harsh, and it says God yelled, Hashem yelled at the and then there was harsh feelings, and the and the and the and the waters are crying. You feel the Gevura, and there's no, right? Only Gevura. Every day did, according to its Madre, like the Rebbe always uses the word, every day does his, its own work. There's no Shaykhs and a Kesher between one day and the other day. Each day stands on its own. Now, interesting over here in, in Order 65, he brings from. Um, a mimer in Tafresh Nun Ches from the Rebbe Rishav and from a divinaim in Mizmashir. He brings this. Then he says that every day was only one mimer because it's it's each sphere, each Indian. Besides, there's ten mamores, and we know that what there's ten mamores, and there's only six days of creation. So we know that on Monday. Not on Monday, on Tuesday, on our Friday, Hashem said two mamaris. It still doesn't give work, it still doesn't give us ten, it gives us eight. Where do you end up with the with the other two? I'm not exactly sure, so we have to look it up. But but on Tuesday on, on and on and on and on and on Friday. On Tuesday, Hashem did two work. Hashem finished the work of Monday, plus he said, let there grow vegetation. And on Friday, God did two things too. He created the animals and he created the human. So why on Tuesday? Huh? Because Tuesday, we said, even according to the Shita of the Ramak, that says that the spheroids are separated, which would be similar to the Chitzainius of the spheroids, where even according to the Arizal, they're separated. What does the Ramak say? Teferes is harmonizes. Teferes does that. And that's why Tuesday, Hashem can blend two, two Mamaris, and even though one is, one is one thing and the other and you can't mix apples and oranges, yet on Tuesday you could mix apples with oranges because Tuesday is a day of harmony. So two mamaris came on Tuesday. And based on what we're learning now, we, it means that Tuesday is a much higher day. 
Tuesday is a much godlier day. That's why the Rebbe always used to speak about Tuesday with such like Tuesday is like such a good day. The goodness of Tuesday is that it's is that it's Teferis, and if it's Teferis, it, it allows for the there's much more presence of Urin Seif on Tuesday. The world is godlier on Tuesday. It's not like Shabbos, but it's godlier on Tuesday than it is Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday and Thursday. Friday is Firas Yisaid. Over there is so where do you have a scholarless in Yisaid? So first of all, Yisaid is in the middle, but he doesn't say that. He says that Yisaid has also two hashpas, two forms of hashpa from Yisaid, Pnimius and Chitzanius. The chitzanius of the hashpa of Yisoid is when you're teaching seichel, you're teaching something, and you're connecting to your students. Yisoid means bonding. So there is the bonding that comes when a teacher is teaching students, and then there is another bonding that comes in an intimacy when you're giving your essence and creating a child. And that's a more pnimius hashpa. So he says the first hashpa of Friday was the hashpa chitzanius when God Taka created the animals. And the second ashpa, which was a much deeper pneumistic ashpa of his essence, was from Yesaid, Friday, which was the creation of man. The human is like the child of Hashem. It is. So that's just the idea how you see, but in general we see that other than that, the days are very different and separated. He says, just like it was in the six days of creation, same is also in the sixth millennium. In the 6,000 years of the world, the first thousand was the light of Chesed. That's why the first thousand years, the world was in a state of extreme kindness. People lived very long and there was no accountability. People were corrupt, but yet they kept on receiving God's blessings without any problems. And life was literally a Gan Eden. The sixth millennium was also similar to that. If you look at the history of the first thousand years and the history of the second thousand years, it says if it's too, you wonder if it's the same boss. He was so tolerant and so kind the first thousand years, second thousand he's so angry, punishing and right? experiencing God's wrath. Based on the reason we said before. Even though in Atsilus they're so unified, when they come down in general, in every, literally, every week, six days of the weekdays of every year, which we know that every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it gets a little bit of the Sunday, of the original Sunday. That on Sunday, of every Sunday, it is shining from the kalim of the lights of chesed of the six directions of Asiya. That means of the spheres of Asiya, on Sunday the Chesed is projecting in the Monday. Which eventually in the Chesed of Asiya is the Chesed of Yitzhiro, the Chesed of Bria, and eventually it has within it the Chesed of Atzilus. They're only from the Chitzainis of the Zeram, Pimpel Vad, So we end up in mundane time. They come separated one Beneath the other, more in a tohu dig away. Umuvdalim zemazan, they're separated one from each other. Kedugmas pechenes oiris tayu, like the layout of the lights of tayu, which they were extremists, each one on their own. Kinis kalyal v'dai lemev. 
with all of this, I'm just going to learn this last paragraph because then when he starts explaining how Shabbos is different, I don't understand it. So I'm going to leave that part so I can further investigate it and hopefully understand what the idea of how it how it's different on Shabbos. With this we'll understand the general marshal that's explained in this Maimer. The difference between Shabbos and Yom Tiv. The Shabbos is compared to a son. And Yom Tiv is compared to a guest. Now we said Yom Tiv is when? Yom Tiv comes out on the weekday. The chitzoni is the external of the zeirampin. Shemeirim bebiyah that shines in briyatzir and asiyah keneskaliel. Hadehem nasim yoyim and dechayel mamish. They literally become, as we said before, the six days of atzilus to send down through the kalim extension and the kalim, and it so evolves down to become days of weekday mamish. And they're not called anymore shemavaya, right? Keshayordim and shachel lamata mata. As they go down below, below, ad till the feet of the world of Asiya, which means the physical planet. When it becomes our Sunday. The lights and the shefa and the flow of the kalim, of chesed of Atzilus, of the kindness of the world of emanation. Through a chain like progression, evolved or and descended, and descended from world to world. Ad until it came down to the Malchus of Malchus of the world of Asiya. Within the ten spheres of Asiya, the energy has to travel from attribute to until it goes into Malchus. And in Malchus, it's the Chesed of Malchus. That's the Sunday and the Chesed. Right? So till it, till it can emerge into the four elements of Gashmias, Lashpia Shafa Parnasa, for it to be Mashpia, the flow of livelihood. And all the goodies that we receive, it's now a very material chesed. To enliven with material kindness, in giving us physical food. So, first of all, it materialized, it chunked itself, it became substance of physical. It also state, became in a state of period, where Everything in the physical world is differentiated. This is this and that's that. From the abundance of evolution, it distanced itself from the Pneumius, from the Nishama, where the Nishama holds it all together. Because it's root, it goes out from Atzilus. It descends in a state of separate, built without that integration. And when it doesn't have the Yiskalalus, so the Oirin Soif does not dwell over there. As we said earlier, then it's coming through a specific channel. It's still divine, so it's still a name of God, but it's not reflecting the Oirin Soif anymore. It's a specific name. And the name of Elohim in the Midas of Gura. So once it becomes already a specific something, even though, as we said before, it's divine powers, it's considered already a stranger. And if it's invited, when God invites it inward, he's going to elevate a, a weekday. That means that the energy of the godly energy of the day is being pulled in and invited in 
to plug into a much deeper flow and connection to the infinite one, to God himself, to come to the palace we're going to see, to be elevated all the way into Chachma, where in Chachma everything is completely unified with the Orein Seif. So we're inviting it all the way up, 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 up. This is going like millions of levels as it's going inward. The invitee is called a guest. Even though it's a piece of God, it's called a guest because it has already separated itself. This weekday becomes a holy day. And the reason is, the chitzonius of Zeir Anpin is then pulled in, and it rises into a pnimius It's now going to receive moichen. From Netzachoid Yesoid of, of Bina. U Benetzachoid Yesoid de Ema, and in the Netzachoid Yesoid of Ema, Melubish Mepchenes Nehida Abba. The way it's elevated, it's elevated, Beikar, it's Yomtev. So it's elevated where, as we said before, my Adam Lesimcha. It's elevated into the, it's Moichen de Ema. It's elevated into Bina, which is a huge elevation. Chitzainius of Zeir Anpin into Bina, it's huge. And in Bina is what? is invested the lights of Chachma. It's called a calling of holiness. And since in Chachma is mayor the lights of, of, of Keser, the Orin Soiv, which that comes from the Malchus of Ein Sof, which is Mamish, God himself, that's illuminating in the light of Abba. And Abba is enclosed in, 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 in mother in Bina. So that day is now infused with powerful revelation of Oirin Saif. It's a godly day. Time itself has now been elevated into to, to be saturated with God's presence. And that's why Yomtev is called like a guest. The all the Malka that went up to the king. Al Derech Mashallah Ish, it's compared to a person. Shoim Ruchik Menamelech, that was far from the king. Umiskarev Lovay al Shulchan Amelech, and has been invited to come to the king's table. Kach Miyoim Zesh and Israchik, from this day that was distance, Ma'oiralaki, from the godly light. Miskarev, it comes close. Ubali is Gili Oirin Soif. That there should be a gili erin soif in that level, in that day. And now it could be, it's enough to those who understand. But Shabbos, he says, is the pnimius. I'll tell you what he says before we. Shabbos, he says, is a whole different story. Shabbos is also the world's going in. But Shabbos itself is the pnimius of the Zeiran pin. Since Shabbos is the pnimius of the Zeiran pin, when you're calling up Shabbos to come into Kodesh, into Chachma, even though it's being elevated, since it was Pneumius of Zeram, and Pneumius of Zerampin is Shem Avaya anyway, to begin with it's Shem Avaya. So you're calling someone who's just like extension of, it's like God's child. Zerampin being that it's called Havaya, it's like Hashem himself. Being called to a deeper connection. It's not calling an outsider in. What I don't want to get over here is how does Shabbos become the pnimius of the Zeiran pin? Isn't Shabbos Malchus? Which Shabbos is the seventh day. So the Chudif, Shabbos is Malchus being the seventh day, so it's not the pnimius of the Zeiran, but it's even more external. 
So how does it, what does he mean that Shabbos is the panemius of the Zeyram? How does it fit with the idea of Shabbos being the seventh and Shabbos being Malchus? That I don't know yet, and that's why I don't want to continue this. Will Be'ezus Hashem continue this next week, um, Thursday night, in the courtyard side room of the Holy Temple, the third base of Migdash. So the mimer is much clearer to me now after I taught it than when I was reading it today. So it looks like there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Depends how far we're going to learn. There's the mimer, the explanations of the mimer. So maybe we're just going to keep on going and we're going to learn the explanations of the mimer and we're going to get through the entire Indian. That'll probably take us four weeks if we do the whole thing. That could be a good introduction for Shavuos. Maybe let's just do that. Understand and appreciate the idea of Yom Tif and all these in Yanam. I'm sure there's a whole lot of goodies over here. Beautiful. Thank you for joining. <laughs>